0: You're tuned in to The Roundtable, right here on PSN Radio and YouTube.
1: And welcome to tonight's episode of The Roundtable Show. I am Zod Ryder, back from a very, very long hiatus, and with me... We've got the jackal Johnny Alpha, and and we have a uh, well. He's not he's not new anymore. He's been here for a couple of weeks. V, right? V, that's correct. Okay. One, one, yeah. one
0: letter to rule
1: them all. Perfect.
2: Perfect. <laughs> Keep it simple. There, yeah. there you go. Yeah.
0: So that voice y'all heard is uh, the famous Zod writer who's been MIA for the last few weeks. Zod, update uh, the audience are like what you've been up to, what you've been doing, how you've been bathing. And how much palm olive uh, soap you have left?
1: Well, <laughs> you know, I've been I've been hanging in there. You know, I was I was sick for a little while, and I uh, had some things going on, and I'm I'm back now, and glad to be back. Uh, as far as the as far as the the palm olive, I'm doing. Pretty good. I got a whole uh, cabinet full.
0: Good, good. You're keeping clean and cleansed uh, up there yeah, in
3: Illinois. Absolutely. Good man.
1: I've got I've got so much yeah, I've got I've got all that. I've got all the antibacterial soap and hand sanitizer and uh you know, lotion, all that stuff, man. You gotta stay you gotta keep yourself keep yourself clean, stay healthy, wash those hands.
0: Remember Zod, it puts the lotion on the skin and then it puts it back on the basket or it gets the hose again. Don't forget that. And uh, this week, of course, uh, we're short on uh, movie news because everybody's locked down. But we have a couple of different uh, articles of uh, information which are going to be read and uh, discussed here on the Roundtable Show. We're live on uh, April 16th, 2020. Lovely uh, day to go outside and go to the beach today. And, of course, we couldn't do that because we're all on lockdown. Yay, lockdown. That
1: sucks.
4: Oh, man, it's just. It just got over almost snowing here so I don't I don't see any beaching in my in my well, it's near future.
1: Here it's supposed to snow uh we're supposed to get quite a bit of snow and it's supposed to snow all through tomorrow into the night so I'm not looking forward to that that should be interesting.
4: Yeah, we keep getting um yeah Uh, cold winds blowing down from the Rockies onto us, so yeah, we were supposed to snow on Tuesday, but it didn't thank God. We got a little bit of snow snow.
1: here on Tuesday, though. We got a little bit. It was just just a light dusting. It was just enough to cover the lawns. That's about it.
0: Well, we haven't had snow here since 1968, so can't talk about that, but uh, I can tell you this much. It was nice and warm all day today. I slept a couple good hours, and I I woke up and I was like, damn, I wish I was at the beach.
2: Hmm. (laughs) I love the cold. I'm I'm a bear. Uh, Not, not not a bear that wears leather and hangs out at gay clubs,
0: but uh, I'm a big... Hey, to each dude. his own, bro, to each his own. Shout out to Joe, <laughs> man, by the way. Nah, <laughs> he does shot- bears. He does bears. Uh,
2: so, yeah, I love the snow, man. I, I'm hot-natured. I can't stand the hot weather. Uh, you know, I'm here in Poland, and it actually snowed on April 1st. Uh, everything was blanketed. Blizzard. Out of nowhere. And... No snow in the past like two years, so that was kind of weird.
4: Well, you're over there in ex-Soviet blocks, so that that's kind of standard. But I gotta agree with you. I run a lot warmer than everybody else, so I love the cold weather. I um I actually was in Florida a couple years ago working, and I got LeBron James syndrome. Man, my legs were locking up because of that heat. <laughs> and like I work outside, so I didn't even have air conditioning to cry about. Like it, was, it just was. Oh, I couldn't do it. If I I couldn't live there. You know, all the time and put up with it. I liked it much better up in Detroit, to tell you the truth. Like it's nice and cold all the time up there.
0: Wait, so you you are faking cramps to get out of work and quit your
4: team? No, my legs <laughs> would actually walk up, dude, because of the heat. Like my yeah, cavity.
1: cold cold is actually better. I'd rather put more. I'd rather put more on because you know there's only so much you can take off, and when it gets too hot, you're just yeah, you know, you're just
5: stuck. So yeah, I gotta agree with you.
0: You guys are just not used to the beauty of the warm climate. That's what it is.
3: We
1: just
4: didn't grow up there and all. Well, you know, no, what man. I mean? It
1: like... gets. I don't know. It gets pretty, pretty hot out here where I where I am in the summertime, though, man. I mean, we get we get post hundred degree temperatures, so it definitely gets gets there. But I I think all that is just a, you know, it's just a it's just a preference. You know, some prefer the heat, some prefer the cold. So it's really, yeah, you know.
2: Well, speaking of preference, I mean, the only thing I really like about summer is uh,
0: girls in booty shorts. So Yeah. Amen to yes. that. Imagine having that year-round.
4: You uh, do, man. That's what yoga pants gave us, basically. I mean, like, it's true. not – you don't see the skin, but you definitely still see the shape, and it's just nice and defined. So, yeah, year-round, well, because of yoga pants, we get it.
2: Yeah, you love it here in Poland. I, I call it the land of legs. Um, these girls all dress like they're Peter Pan. Like just skinny wow. tight, uh, um, yeah, yoga pants. Each well, we call it yoga pants, but they're just tights here.
0: <laughs> it's amazing. A bunch of that girls mean, running around looking like Peter Pan. That's a dream come true for Michael Jackson.
2: Well, you know what I mean.
0: It's got the tight, the tights there. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, it, you know, if they wear
2: skirts, they're still going to wear those long tights underneath. It's really, uh, you know, sort of like Android 18 from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Gotcha.
4: <laughs> plus, plus, Eastern European girls are just cute anyways, man. They got, like, oh, that little pixie look and stuff, yeah. Like,
2: and they all know they're hot, too. They all walk around like little princesses. It's oh, all my
4: girls know they're hot, dude. Like, it doesn't matter what what place you're at, what race what time like if a girl's hot and they and they know it and they know how to work it, it like there's people try to say that like oh it's california girls or it's the, what now nah, it's all girls that know they're hot they know they're hot and yeah they they, they make it work for them and god bless them i, I appreciate it and the the, the the effort pays out in the end that's all i got to say to them thank you i, I agree Don't, you you yeah. this way though well, uh, you know, girls in America,
2: they'll walk around, you know, they'll go to the corner store, no makeup on, you no, know, you know, shirt, you know, uh, pajama bottoms, say juicy on the bottom of Yeah, it. but those who call it But you'll never see that here. Every yeah. girl, they have to look like a supermodel before they leave their front door. Every girl.
0: They're all fixed so, up with their hair done and they're all like beautied out over there, right? Every single one of them. Even it's the amazing. big girls.
2: Whenever you find one here, even the big girls. Tights and makeup on. Just like, like, no shame.
0: <laughs> See, that's, that's something I was gonna, I was gonna bring up. I was gonna say, uh, when you're a certain weight limit or weight class, it's, uh, you should stop wearing like really tight clothing. Like, big girls, there's no need for you to wear stretchy pants. It's not helping you.
2: Well, and in defense of these girls that do it here, they still have uh, hourglass shapes. I haven't seen that, you know, Michelin tire. Those know, are the ones I'm talking about. Here.
0: We get we get that here. Like girls are like 300 pounds, and they we were dressed like they're 100 pounds, and right. you're like you like girl, the the skin hanging outside of the shirt doesn't look good.
4: Well, see what <laughs> see what's going on though is um it's a, a, ge- a generational. They're trying to make up for the generations of um, malnutrition that they suffered at the hands of the Russians. I mean, Poland has had a bad hundred years. So, like, I don't think that uh, um, obesity is uh, really obtainable over there. Plus, they're not a very rich nation anyway, so they don't eat like we do, period. So it's not as a common of a thing that you'll find in most um, Eastern European Um, countries like if you go to uh serbia belgrade any of those places most of the people are going to be very thin just saying even the kind of tall big boned ones they'll be thin for their size Uh, well actually
2: yeah Uh, there's a few (laughs) i i love just going out and just uh being that guy you know (laughs) i just get the wave and say hello smile and they love americans here i'll just say that so uh if anybody wants to uh travel and you know get your your oil stick uh your oil stick dipped in the uh your the oil, oh, oil game yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this, this is the place to come you know to get a little auto service
4: literally
0: just
4: don't <laughs> just don't get him mad Yes. European girls are notoriously vicious when they're angry. So, like they'll they'll, they'll stab you. Like they're don't just don't oh. piss them off. That's all I'll Oh say. yeah,
2: throwing throwing pots and pans uh, and and, and screaming shit in their native language nonstop. Hearing every curse word in the, in the book. Yeah, oh yeah, I've gone through all that.
4: Yeah, <laughs> but there's so people cool other yeah. doing it. You kind of just like. Wait! Ow! That hurt! That one actually hurt because, like, they're kind of small, so, like, go ahead and let them hit you, but, like, yeah, once they start getting melee weapons, that's when you run. And they will grab melee weapons at some point. Like I said, they just get angrier and angrier as they go.
2: <laughs> yeah. They really lose it. Um, but, yeah, I think it's cute. I I'm, think to myself, am I back in the 1950s? <laughs> they're, they're, they're really behind here on style. When I say Android 18 from Dragon Ball Z, well, that's, like, from the 80s, right? They're all just like they're in the 80s here. Um, they have the uh, Marty McFly. Uh, puffy vest, Puffy vest jackets. That's the style here. Yep. Everybody looks like
0: Marty McFly. Like there's going to be a freaking flood here anytime nice. soon. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> have, they, have they actually ever released Back to the Future over there in Poland? <laughs>
3: well,
4: see, a lot of their fashion products have to do with the, um, the weather. See, like those little um, puffy vests they're um warm but they also hug the body so they can look cute in them so it, it's uh, also um it has to do with them staying climb climated while still looking good that's the same reason why they're were the tights everywhere because um nylon actually keeps you, you warm it keeps you insulated i actually know um a couple guys that i work with when we were up in detroit would wear tights under their um work pants because they would get that cold and so, um, that's actually kind of a smart thing that they do, but it kind of looks goofy to us, but I don't know, if you were a hot little freezing chick, you'd probably wear it too.
3: <laughs> this is true. Know, if I was a hot,
0: goofy little chick, maybe I'll think about that, but I'm, a, I'm not a hot, goofy little chick, I'm a crazy
4: cute. Well, it, it's, <laughs> it's the fashion sense of where they're at. Like, if you look at, like, what's popular in England, they wear track suits and, like, polo yeah. shirts and that they look goofy, too, if you ask me. If you see, like, the hip-hop kids over there in England and the weird yeah. kind of plaid tracksuits that they wear, I, that shit ain't, like, popping. You don't see, like... You, know, <laughs> you don't see Snoop wearing that shit. <laughs> but, like, but that's True. what the hard gangsters wear over there, you know what I mean? So, like, it's it's just where you're from and, like, what's kind of the popular fashion and what gets over. And I guess that's just what's popping in the Eastern European, you know, the... Because, I mean, they also... Um, Old stock of clothes from other places gets sent to those places for those people. So that's probably why there's an influx of that kind of 80s to clothes because at some point the shipping containers that got left America and got sent finally made it to um, Eurasia where it's getting sold in mass and the small sizes that nobody else wanted actually fits on these ex starving people. So good for them.
0: <laughs> they are starving Absolutely. no more. Yes, indeed. They're starving no more. Speaking of starving no more, um, jumping right into something here, uh, Zad, do you have any updates on the uh, famous Snyder cut? Because I see you posted on Twitter uh, a picture of Aquaman, uh, Jason Momoa, and uh, your boy Zack Snyder.
1: Yeah, I posted. Well, I posted the article. I gave the uh, put the article on the in the uh, chat for tonight's group. You should be able to see the article. Yep. Uh, yeah, there's, gonna... room, there's rumor that the that the uh that it's going to be released uh on hbo max that's basically going to be like a like a surprise like a surprise launch title because um hbo max hasn't really made any major announcements about all the all the movies and stuff that are going to be released they got a lot of stuff that's Hidden that they haven't that they haven't talked about yet, but HBO Max is right around the corner, and from what I'm hearing, if and when the Snyder Cut is released, that's where it's going to that's where it's going to go.
0: Now it's going to be a, a single off movie, or is it going to do like a little two part miniseries? Well, yes, you know, uh, as
1: of right, as of four or five now, hours, right? As of right now, it looks like it's going to be the, it's just, it looks like it's going to be just the, it's going to be the movie. It's going to be Zach, Zach Snyder's Justice League is what it's going to be called. So I, I don't, and, and that, that, that's basically to differentiate it from anything so that there's no confusion over the one that came out in theaters or anything that they're, that they're currently doing in, uh, the DCEU continuity.
4: But, I mean, is anybody besides Grace Randolph saying
1: this? Uh, well, it, you know, there's been a lot of uh, <laughs> Grace. Source, various, well, there's been various sources for, through, um, a- including Zack Snyder himself. So, um, you know, Grace Randolph it seems to be the only one who's really uh, speaking up about a lot of this stuff in terms of, you know, what what she's been hearing throughout throughout about it. And she's kind of. Been following it since the beginning, but then there's a lot of people that are just like straight up making stuff up, taking stuff completely out of context. There was an article published a couple of days ago where the guy just basically said that Warner Brothers hates Zack Snyder and will never work with him again, and that the Snyder Cut's never coming out and all this, like all this nonsense. Nothing to really back it up. Just, just taking, taking but the But does Grace Randolph have anything
4: to back question. up what she said? Just wondering.
1: Well, well, a- again, Johnny, it's not just Grace Randolph. You see, we get stuff directly. Me, uh, speaking for myself, for for someone who's been involved in the release the Snyder Cut movement for all this time, you know, we get our we get our information directly from Zack Snyder himself. Okay, so when Zack Snyder posts something or answers questions or tells us. That you know something's happening soon or whatever we listen we listen to him, so that's where we get all our our stuff our stuff from. He's really the only source so when someone like Grace Randolph comes out and gives her two cents on it from people that she's heard and people that she knows close to the situation uh it's funny because a lot of the stuff that she's that she's coming out with has been very very accurate as far as what's been going on with that as far as, far as you know, Zack Snyder wanting to shoot, uh, cause he said this himself. He wants to, he wants to shoot some additional scenes with, uh, Martian Manhunter, which, which is of course the character, would be, of course be the character of Harry Lennox from Man of right. Steel and and the Superman. And he has a scene, a, c- a short scene with Harry Lennox as the Martian Manhunter that he wants to shoot. And he has a couple of additional scenes that he wants to, wants to do to round out the movie to make it as uh complete as possible in terms of what his original vision for the story is cuz again this is going to be Zack Snyder's Justice League so this isn't necessarily going to be something that's going to be like it's, it's in, probably yeah right more than likely it's not going to fall in line with what DC is currently doing as far as films go and more than likely it'll be its own so why
4: bother for, going out of your way to hint that Martian Manhunter will be popping up in future movies that aren't going to happen, though? I mean, like, but, shouldn't he just kind of edit if, what he
1: has? If it's going to be if it's going to be but what I'm saying is that this is going to be as is as close to his original vision for Justice League as possible. In other words. No compromises. This is straight up what he originally oh, wanted to so do. is he gonna his, get? Um, is he gonna
4: get Mark Wahlberg to show up as the Green Lantern and Green shoot Lantern, some stuff with him? Green Lantern.
1: <sighs> no, he already he already shot all the scenes with Green Lantern. Green Lantern was was played by a by an unknown actor. Uh, well, not an unknown actor. He's been in a few things. His name is Sam. His name is Sam Benjamin, and he's been in. You know a lot of like TV movies And different things he's basically he's kind of An unknown he's uh, I Believe he was he played Hal Jordan In the movie but it's been confirmed By Zack Snyder himself that this Guy played Green Lantern in his Version of Justice League so It Green Lantern is the So that's what all those Unite the Seven posters Represented when Justice League Was being originally being Marketed there was A poster with uh, Aquaman and it said unite the 7 on the yeah, on the poster for the main seven members of the Justice League but green, green green lantern isn't the only additional member of just of the Justice League that's going to appear in that movie. We also have uh Ryan Choi who is the Atom and we also have um and of course we also have Martian Manhunter. So it's there's a lot there uh, and among, and then of course among other uh, other main characters we have
0: Hawkman is, and, be and, in and
1: Dark Side and um various, you know, various other characters, little characters that will cameo in this film that are not that we that we know nothing about and have seen nothing because uh they scrapped all of that when they replaced Zack Snyder as director. But all this stuff was shot with the exception of the of the Martian Manhunter scene That he never got to do with uh, With Lennox because he was He was unavailable at the time And they they needed But he's uh, That actor has actually come out already And said he's ready to do those scenes He will shoot those scenes for the Snyder Cut And Ben Affleck Has gone on, on record as And has said And Zack Snyder confirmed this as well That if that if he needs him to come back to do anything, to do any reshoots for Batman, he will do it. So Wouldn't yeah. that be
0: confusing? Though? Because, I mean, that kind of, like, threw people off when they did the other cut because they shot and reshot some of the scenes and he looked different not, in, not, in some basically, shots.
1: it's not... Well, I, I need to correct. It's not... It wouldn't be considered reshoots. It's con- it would be just considered additional stuff. He's not replacing anything. There's just stuff that he additional stuff that he wants in the movie that he didn't have a chance to do before. And that's, why, that's what it is. Not, it ta- doesn't take anything away. And this is the big misconception. The scenes he do- he wants to do now won't take anything away from what's already there. He What he wanted, like, basically... Well, I don't think anybody's what-
4: worried about that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> about robbing it, us of what happened in the no, amazing... But what I'm saying is, actual, what I'm saying is this league. League.
1: No 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 because what what, the, the the big thing here And what people need to understand is Zack Snyder's Justice League Is a completely Different movie from what we got In theaters we are it's not the same At all not in terms of Dialogue not in terms of structure You're getting you're getting get a completely Different film and this is what people Need to realize it's not you're not It's not going to be just an extended Edition of the version we got in theaters it's not going to be uh like it, it's like a, it's a completely different it's a completely different movie that's why it's not being called it's not that's why it's not being called uh, justice league the director's cut because essentially what it is is it is Zack Snyder's Justice League it's an entirely different movie it's just like it's just like you know for example like the you know Drakovsky's Dune if that were to come out that would be his you know, take on that material. That's his movie. That's what he wanted to do. So that so that's the whole thing with Justice League. Like like people have no idea the kinds of things that Zack Snyder has in store for us for this movie. I mean it's gonna be fantastic. And I and I feel like and I feel like the the both big biggest problem and the biggest you know misconception that people have is that, you know, they're that's what they're expecting. They're thinking, oh it's just gonna be if it comes out. It's just gonna be an ex- you know like an extended cut of the theatrical version. But that that's not the case. And you're gonna and that's why I'm saying we're we what we have in store for us is gonna be something brand new and completely exciting and definitely. Uh,
4: well, it's gonna I, be a straight definitely. up sequel to BVS, right? I yes. Don't think, yes. I think I think anybody that any, that didn't like that's not gonna be very excited. Well, for this. I don't. I mean, I don't
1: I, I don't know. I think it I think it one uh noteworthy person who came who came out in support of the Snyder Cut, another noteworthy there's been a lot of them uh recently, you know, but we had uh Ed Boone, the guy that created Mortal Kombat, came out and he tweeted. Uh he of course retweeted uh Zack Snyder's Justice League and the hashtag released the Snyder Cut and he uh he came out and said that uh he would love he wants to see zack snyder's uh justice league and he believes that, that that there should be that they should do a uh you know that they should make that someday dc comics should make a movie based off of the injustice uh video games which of course he was a part of and i think that that i think that that's mm-hmm. funny because like he is a because ed boone is like you know you, you you could tell that you know Zack Snyder took some inspiration when he when you watch when you watch Batman be Superman where he was going. Oh you yeah, tell the
4: bondage he, scene it was totally from that he game.
1: Some, he took some inspiration from that game with the with the you know the anti life equation you know Superman uh, succumbing to the anti life equation and 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 um you know having Tying all up of the Batman having the Batman being having Batman yeah. Um so it I think I think there you know this is the whole the whole thing and and this is one of the reasons why I'm so excited about it mainly because it's a completely different film. A lot of, a lot the my whole thing was at first you know I at first nobody you know nobody really knew it's like you, you we didn't know how much of the movie was altered we didn't know well wait a minute is it going to be this this and this but when they broke it all down it comes out the the truth came out that there is there is literally less than two percent of Zack Snyder's work in this movie. That's what it came down it comes out to. So you didn't we didn't get anything of what Zack Snyder wanted in this movie. This movie was just it was basically like Zack uh Joss Whedon came in, reshot everything as quickly as he could, and took a lot of shortcuts. And dumb down the story to the point of, you know, what we got and to the point of where you had uh, aliens, uh, a lady on TV claiming aliens were probing, took, abducted and probed her husband. So those are the kinds of things, you know, that we get from from movies where you have a director who's known for a more comedic style trying to take over, you know, a serious storyline. So I. I, I don't know I'm 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 more than a little bit excited I hope it happens I think HBO Max would be a good place for it especially now when everybody's quarantined at home and can't really go out anyway so if it does drop within the next couple of months that would be nice to see that happen um you know and, and I I hope it I hope that things you know you know, uh ease up and we get to a point where he's actually able to uh, shoot the scenes he wants. But if not, I'd be happy for him to just release the two hundred and fourteen minute film that he has. That's what I'm saying. I mean You know I just, what I
4: wish would get us you know what I wish would get a Snyder Cut the show a card.
3: Like (laughs) that—that
4: honestly came out so bad. I wish that somebody would like come out and say, like, we shot something. It's completely different, and we're just going to re-edit it really quick and put that out for you too. Like that. Like there are so many other projects that I wish like there were stories like this for. And like while you were talking about this, I was just like, how wonderful would that be if somebody had something like that for the show for Card.
0: I there's, can make that, that happen between there's
4: us. A few, there's quite no, a yeah, there's only editing
3: to do. No, true. quite
1: a few movies in history though that where you have where you have almost you have a studio mandated version of a movie and then you have okay, but then and then you have a director's cut. But there are a lot there are some examples where you have a completely
4: Yeah, like the different Omen different the film. Omen Four, Oh no, not Omen the Exorcist part the prequel right like that yeah that got like remade and resh, and like they put out the original version and people hated both of them so well yeah. it was funny because <laughs> oh, they, yeah, they
0: protest know, they, protested, they protested and they released the uh the second one that they filmed and then they're like promoting the hell out of that exorcist movie like it was gonna be the greatest thing ever and then yeah it's true the fans are like well the other one can be that bad compared to this crap and then they came on they were like, wait, we were wrong, it's worse.
2: <laughs> so, well, Careful I mean, what you wish for. Ride, they're trying to ride this Exorcist thing because I know that the Exorcist originally was not favored upon by the, the producing studio and it had a limited release, but it was so popular that they had to do a re-release for the rest of the world and it made a ton of money. So, Well, I mean, you're talking about, about the, the original attention.
0: Yeah, but you're talking about the original, yeah, original Exorcist movie. You're talking about the, original like, original. the prequels that came out years later. Remember right, there was Exorcist about one, about, one yeah, two, and three. Yeah,
2: but yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. They're trying to ride that, and with
0: these with these other prequels
2: and oh yeah, yeah prequels.
4: Well, see, the like, thing, the thing the, about the Exorcist is like nobody made movies that dealt that closely with right. religion and um and had like that kind of satanic. Imagery and I um, stuff to it at the same time. They were afraid that they were going to offend people, but the biggest turnout where it was actually like Orthodox Catholics. So it ended up like their worst fear ended up like not being a factor at all, and it ended up being a hit with the people that they were afraid of offending, which is actually almost as rare as what Zod was talking about a second ago. Pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, we, we have
1: we have an example. We have a, a, an example like of that of a movie. I believe the title of the movie, this is an old, old movie from, uh, (laughs) Orson Welles. It was, the movie was called A Touch of Evil. And the studio went in and made, and did a, and, and meddled with his movie and made a cut, like a studio Produced cut of the movie, and that was the version of the movie that they, that they released. And Orson Welles wanted his name removed from the movie because the movie was not his movie, and it was this whole big thing. It was this big controversy. Yep. And, yeah, and I then after, and then after Orson Welles died, um, they had, there was an editor who came out and tried to piece together the footage, some of the because some of the footage that was unearthed of some of the additional stuff that Orson Welles had done, and he tried to piece it together to make a cut uh, as Are close. Are you seriously as comparing Orson
4: Welles to Zack Snyder, though, man? Like, at this really? at this point at this point Why I am, in, in, just
1: <laughs> in terms of the context of what's going on here, you have you have a director. Who created a completely different film from the one that was released by the studio, which is what, and which, which by the way is also what's coming to light. Also, and this is something you might you might be interested in, Johnny, because you were you were all gung ho about Su- Suicide Squad. It might interest you to know that a very very similar situation occurred with David Ayer with his version of Suicide Everybody Squad. Everybody knows about that. It yeah, seems no, like you, no, you no, you it seems like this happens to Warner Brothers a lot, though. What you don't understand is that it's the same, almost it mirrors that situation in that the studio hijacked his movie, and released a movie that is nothing like The video. Studios that
4: do that had. all the time, though.
1: No, but the fact is that <laughs> they have these movies, though. The fact is these movies exist. We just don't see them. That's the point. The point right. is that, that David Ayer's Suicide Squad exists, just like Zack Snyder's Justice League exists, but we've never seen these films, and studios are trying so hard to keep it that way, but when you have you you have such you know vocal demand for these movies. People want to see these movies. They're hungry for well, these we're, movies. Studios are just.
4: We're never going to just... see the Lord and Miller solo, and nobody's kind of like that. No, nobody wants here's to see that. that. Here's, here's, well, here's, here's, yeah, 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 guys, guys, you, you, it, you, you it, forget. No, here's, Hold here's, on, guys. A guys. About
1: the Lord and Miller cut of solo for you, Johnny. That exists too. Just so no, you it,
0: know. it doesn't, because they, they, they didn't shoot enough of the movie, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, you forget one thing that Warner Brothers is notorious for, this just happened with, with Superman 2, where that's they replaced a director, and then years later you had, uh, the Donner Cut come up, because again, yeah. uh, an editor came in, Richard Donner blessed it, and they worked together in releasing the Donner Cut, which, when you watch that and you watch what they did, yeah, it would have been nice to get the scenes shot originally with the actors. But when you like start putting together pieces from test screenings to try to like round off like the film that you originally conceived, it didn't really work that
1: well for for the that's Donner why, cut. That's, but that's why this is a very different situation from the Donner cut of Superman two. The Donner cut of Superman two, uh richard donner didn't finish principal photography richard donner still had stuff that he stuff that he needed to do in order to be able to complete this movie Zack snyder finished his movie the only thing that he wants to do he wants to add some additional scenes that he would that he wanted as an afterthought in this movie it's not that he needs these scenes to release this movie it's that he just wants to do it whereas richard donner unfortunately had a situation where he didn't get to film everything when he was gone that was it and when they brought in richard lester to come in and do the do the movie they i mean but even even the donner cut of superman 2 versus the lester cut of superman 2 you could see the potential of what richard donner wanted to do even in the in the cut we got I mean when you watch that movie you see scenes with Marlon Brando I mean Marlon Brando was completely excised from Richard Lester's Superman 2. So in terms of that you 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 can see what how Donner's version of Superman 2 ultimately would have been the superior film had the studio let him do it. And that's that's where you that's where you have you know that's where you see that that is a good example that's a good reason, you know, for in, in, the, in the superhero genre to, you know, to be in support of, of something like that because I feel like all directors' original visions should, should be seen. If a studio doesn't want the original director's vision, then the studio shouldn't have hired that director to do the I movie. I agree with that one right there. Because I don't and, think and you, 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 can't, you can't hire a director that is known for a specific, <laughs> size, specific style who's done prior films in the same st- in his his signature style and then expect him to come back for the third film and not do it in his style that would be like you know well they with their tsc god you guys got
0: Yeah, but here you got to remember, and and I'll be quick about this. When Zack Snyder did the original two movies, Man of Steel and and Batman vs Superman, the studio let him pretty much do whatever he wanted, and they gave him, you know, full mandate to do the movies. No,
1: they did. That's incorrect. That's incorrect. Well, he got, so that, he got the cut, he got the center, cut, yeah, but he got the cut, and, well, hold on, but let me finish, let me finish what I'm saying, protected they, by Christopher Nolan for I, I understand that, that, but let me the the finish, let me finish what I'm saying, hold on, let me finish, let
0: me finish up statement before you jump on, what I'm trying to tell you is, he got the mandated to do what he want with his production team, which I was going there, but you let me finish, um, you, you know, let me finish what I'm saying, he got his, to make his two movies with the team that he had that brought him on as director, Christopher Nolan, and he had him backing them up. We understand that. That's where I was going with that. He didn't have that for the Justice League movie as far as the involvement of the production team. And when they got the dailies back, the people involved in Warner Brothers at the time were not the ones were the ones that weren't happy with that cut. All those people are now gone, pretty much from Warner Brothers. Most of those people got fired, so now you're, you're basically taking a whole new team that are trying to like make up for the fuck ups uh, that they had before, basically, with the old, you know, mandated uh, studio stuff. Uh, so whatever happened before, now they got to have it cleared up with the new people running Warner Brothers, which at that point uh, they all have to be on the same page, and. To be honest, if Zack Snyder and company had two shots to make the movies they wanted, which is, again, he was backed up by Christopher Nolan, we get that, but if those two movies failed with the audience, what is going to make us think that a third movie is going to make up for everything now it's going to be much better than two movies that the audience said, yeah, we're not feeling this, and they underperformed. Because anytime you put Superman and Batman in a movie, everybody was like, oh, that's an easy billion-dollar movie, and it didn't even get close to that. So, in other words, you know, at the, up to what point could we, you know, protect Zack Snyder as a filmmaker and director when he had creative control and he had backing from the production, which, again, was Christopher Nolan, and it failed to resonate with audiences, which is why the, the you know, the Warner Brothers people were like, they panicked, and they replaced him with Joss Whedon, who did his cut and was a complete nightmare also. So, I mean, both failed in in many respects, Of course, the Justice League did a lot worse uh but again, it's like they failed twice, you know as far as the brass audience is concerned. I know you like the Dodd. And I, like, I know there's a, a fan base for those two movies, but the overall majority of the fan base of the movie going public said, yeah, this is just not something we want to see because they failed to the underperformed. So what's to make everybody think that all of a sudden now he nailed this one? You know? Well, so he, he,
1: Well, here's the thing. Batman v. Superman was also uh, manipulated with by the studio. The studio is responsible for Batman v. Superman failing because they were the ones that cut the movie down to make it less narratively cognizant. When you have a movie, you have to make sure that it's structured properly. Even people like myself who love Batman v Superman and thought the theatrical cut was good can acknowledge. What a flawed movie it was, ultimately. But when you turn around and you watch the ultimate cut of Batman, Batman it was Superman, garbage. It, I still didn't done, like that movie. It it's worse. The, it's even job worse. Yeah, it's a longer, it's a longer movie of a you bad you movie. Are, you that's what it was. Are, are saying this? But a lot of the people that a lot of the yeah, people the people that liked the original cut, like you, that's the thing. Theaters were were happier with the. Of course, people that liked seen it seen are going to like it more. Idea. That's what, the exactly. it that. you're,
0: you're, That's defeating the purpose. People who like the movie are going to like it more because it's more of the same shit they like. People that didn't like the movie are going to hate it as much. And then there's the other part of the audience that said, yeah, it's just a longer cut of a bad movie. And those are the non-fanboys who just didn't show up and didn't care for that. So uh, myself and Johnny here also, we feel the same way. It was just a longer version of a bad movie. And it was just not, it didn't appeal to either one of us. So what you liked it doesn't mean that the man, overall movie is better. Made
1: made over made over $900 million at the box office. It wasn't a flop by any means. And I believe that Warner Brothers covered up the fact that the movie actually did make a billion dollars. That's my, that's <laughs> my theory. The yeah, they're going to cover that up. <laughs> I, you wanna know, I know? You want to know how laughable. Know it's true that the movie made over a billion and they tried to cover it up? Because number one, they were they were listening to all the backlash they got no, for, first and foremost, and number two, the movie people that are fans of this these this movie uh, of of Snyder's of Snyder's uh, version for these for these films went to see these movies in theaters multiple times, myself included. And when you have repeat business like that, those are the movies. That make that make the money, and there's all there's been a rep- there was a uh, there was a proof report, that it made report, a billion
4: dollars though.
1: But there was a report. So, there, the was UN there was, there was, yeah, there
4: was a. three times, doesn't. made a billion dollars?
1: Yeah, but a report that can be backed up. I can make, a report. Out dude, I can report make a, a report, dude. But I can make a report about anything. does make it fact.
2: That's the thing. Well, if I can get a word in here, um, right. For me, I I think. I mean, you, you guys are trying to find out why something is not good. I mean, so we got to look at the fact that you have something called typecasting. Now, we all know that actors can get typecast, and they're stuck with this sort of thing forever. And so I do believe that there's a form of typecasting for directors. When you pull a director in to do something, yeah, you can say, oh, we're going to give you creative control, but you're still expecting something like the work they did before. When they come out something completely left field and nobody likes it, whose fault is
4: that? Well, Does see, that... the thing is, is Zack Snyder's always been a divisive director. He's never completely been loved by everybody. But um historically, I've been a fan of his. Honestly, like, Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman are the only films of his that I've ever really disliked. I like the entire rest of, bo- of his body of work. So it's kind of odd that um i don't know maybe warner brothers did mess it up for him but i'm not going to sit here and be like i want to see another version of this i just want to move on i want to see a zombie film on netflix and and see what (laughs) zach does in the future because his run at um making superman movies it's over like that's cool. He's going to shoot a scene with the Martian Manhunter with an actor and in a um, continuity that it's never going to get continued on. So
0: it's pointless. Yeah. But, and in, 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 look, the movie made 330 million domestically. I'm sorry, when you put Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Flash in a movie, the movie should easily domestically make at least six, seven 700 million dollars, which is what they thought it was going to make. So, when you say it made profit, yeah, it made 870 million worldwide. Uh, it cost. Two hundred and fifty million to produce, and then you add another like maybe what fifty to a hundred million in marketing. So that movie needed to make eight hundred just to break even. It barely broke even at eight hundred and seventy million. It didn't get to a billion dollars, at least as far as the numbers are concerned. And I can back that up with actual people in the industry. Daniel Garris, who runs a Box Office Report, is a close friend of mine for 20 years. I could ask him, hey, did this movie really make that money or that money? He can find out. He's an insider of the source. He can find out for me. So you can't tell me, oh, you no, know, no, they lied. They made a billion dollars. That that doesn't compute. The facts are the numbers. The numbers don't lie. And the numbers go to boxoffice.com, boxofficemojo, boxofficereport,
1: the all these websites. numbers the studios want the numbers to be. That's yes, a fact. That's but the, the problem... No, that's not, not a fact. I'm not, not going to about this anymore. I'm out of here. <laughs> Bye.
0: That's just not a fact, son. It's just not a fact, man.
1: I'm sorry. Well,
2: I'm very you're interested question, in it. his idea of the numbers being faked. I'm very interested because, I mean, there's so much lies and deception in the industry. I mean, I don't know if you guys even touch on the... Uh, Pedophilia and all this stuff going on in Hollywood on this show, or not? Um, but, uh,
4: we mentioned it a couple of times, but it, we don't focus on it. We kind of try to keep it more about the, the actual About film. the work? Yeah, about the work. Yeah. We don't. Yeah, that's, okay.
2: I don't, uh, yeah. yeah I, I, sorry. I, I'm just. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling around here. But yeah, I, I, I do understand that, you know, there, there, there are. Money, money's changing hands, and everybody wants to put value in everybody else, and there's a lot of pressure on people to do things. And I understand when something isn't your work, and and you put something out there, and you know the work I put out, I make sure it's 100% mine. I really wouldn't feel comfortable putting my name on something that. Uh, is watered down and saturated. So, I mean, this stuff is is very important to... (sighs)
4: Um, Not me. Like I said, I want to see a zombie film on Netflix. I'm really excited for that, because I loved his um, Dawn of the Dead. I thought he brought a fresh new take. At first, I thought zombies the stupidest thing, but I ended up liking that film as much, or even maybe a little more than the original, so... Like, I'm really hoping he kind of recaptures that kind of, you know, cool, spooky horror that he kind of launched himself with.
2: Yeah, I'm not really for it. And to be honest with you guys, I'm really getting tired of remakes and rehashes. I think it's time for some new superheroes. I think it's time for new story writers. It's time for Next Generation. I mean, uh, tradition is fine. The classics are, are great. You you got to appreciate this stuff. You got to know where stuff came from. But I think it's time to, you know, move on. I I know people have, uh, well, uh, mixed feelings with new new superheroes coming out. Excuse me. Uh, I mean, I like the idea of the new stuff. Like. Static Shock, for example, uh, when that cartoon came out, I was like, oh, wow, that would be cool if he became, like, something
1: vain. Uh, now, now, V, V, would you like to see a static shock, uh, a live-action static shock movie? Like, Absolutely. Focus yeah. Focus solely on that character, because I think that that would be brilliant. I think one of the things that they need to do is they need to – Start developing lesser-known characters, which is what they were trying to do with um, with that Harley Quinn movie, but that didn't work out too well. So and me, uh, DC's kind of played out for me. I, I'm I'm really a Marvel fan.
2: Uh, this, this Marvel does a lot more things, give more opportunities for for vast amount of characters. I mean, for example, uh, I don't want to be the hokey race car player here, but there's not a lot of black. Uh, DC characters that are mainstream versus, well, look at Marvel. Uh, you can, you know, list a ton from Marvel. So, I mean,
1: it's it's more and, open. Well, it's, oh, yeah. it all depends I mean, on the I studio mean, pushing them. That's the, the thing. Guys, all, you guys all must be very excited for the, uh, snowflake and safe space movie that's in development i know you guys must really ain't
4: nobody gonna make a new warriors movie with those characters like that oh, yeah. book it's gonna happen even though without those characters that book was probably gonna last maybe 13 issues 16 issues something like that new warriors never sold it didn't sell in the 90s and unless they put like Donnie cage writing it and made wolverine the star of it like people weren't gonna read it now and yeah, Safe Place Safe Space and Snowflake are um yeah, probably one of the worst ideas Marvel ever had. At least they're putting it in a book that's so forgettable, like the new New Warriors comic. So at least they kind of future planned for that fallout, <laughs> at least a little bit. Uh for me, like kinda of going off of what Zvi was saying, since I read more kind of um No mature comics about like more horror and noir and sci fi stuff. I'm actually really happy that a lot of companies, like, because Netflix kind of started it and then some movie companies are now doing it, that they're actually picking up and running with non superhero comics. Like, you got Christopher Sabella's Crowded, which is going to get made. You got a bunch of other really cool image comics that are in production at some point um, for film and that's got me super hyped because that's more my cup of tea than you know your average spandex from either of big two
2: bloodshot i can't wait i was a huge bloodshot fan growing up oh i oh, sounded
0: already. the movie's oh,
4: excellent yeah, yeah it's yep. a, it's we on vod all, we
1: should all do we should all do a watch a, we should all do a watch along on bloodshot
0: you don't hang yeah, up I, with, hang up on I, this, right movie watch the movie
1: I'll hang up on you right now.
2: (laughs) You want me to hang
1: up? Because I'll hang
2: up.
0: I'll go. I'll go bathing some some palm olives if you hang up on me again. Get the evil spirits off me. (laughs)
1: I'm sorry jacko I just get I just get tr- get triggered with the Snyder Cut stuff man I, I mean, know I, I've taken a lot of shit over the years man and it really I mean it's it's hard psychologically it's hard dude
0: I see that well, I, 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 n- didn't I know that but, triggered.
4: Like, you kind of dive into and believe these these things without what you what you kind of chastise the other side for doing like but Grace Randolph said it and she kind of knows Zack Snyder a little bit and I'm like yeah, but she doesn't have any proof to back up what she's saying either, so she's just yeah. as guilty as the... She did review
1: the, the, the original visual effects artist that worked on the movie, so I, oh, I don't know. Oh,
4: wow. God damn. So, she, <laughs> yeah, she must... She, must she knows her ship. stuff. Yeah. But um, back to Bloodshot, I'm actually really happy to have another um, Valiant fan on here. Like, I'm a huge... Like, as far as superheroes go... That's kind of my bread and butter right now. I'm really reading about Valiant. I
1: think that movie would have made a lot more money had it not been for the coronavirus. Because remember, they rushed that that to video on demand as well.
4: Well, from what I understand, the Shadow Man movie is still in production, and they're still working on Harbinger. So they're Um, not they haven't done the Valiant movies yet. (laughs) Kind of cool thing that I um, am recent was that um, Rogue One writer said that the character uh, Cassian Andor was actually um, originally supposed to kind of be a double agent in the movie, which I think kind of still translated to it. I kind of got the feeling that he was a little shady until they kind of explained him a little more. Like, did, how did you guys feel about Did you guys read that news article that Jekyll posted at all?
0: Um, uh, well, I don't know about the rest of the guys, uh, but I uh, kind of saw it when he shoots the, the guy in the beginning that he's a little bit of you know shady. Uh, but again, he's been living that life for a long time, and one of the things that was cool about that movie was, it showed you, like, both sides of, like, the war, and how sometimes, you know, even the good guys do bad things to get the the point across of what they're trying to, you know, get to, and, uh, it doesn't shock me that they might explore that, or that was part of the initial concept of that character. I don't know how much of that they're going to actually explore on the uh, TV series, though.
4: Well, I don't know if they're going to do that. I just said that for the original idea for the film right. character, he was supposed to be um, maybe be a double agent. So, um, but he did say that he used to be a stormtrooper. So there's going to be probably a little bit of fun with that when they do because he's supposed to have his own little show, right? Him and D1? yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, this is
0: going to be the uh, the origin of the character. How we you know he became um, you know a member of the alliance or the rebel alliance or. Um, you know, uh, the early Rebel Alliance, because remember, this kind of takes place right before A New Hope, uh, it also takes place before Rogue One. So you're talking about this will probably be like 10 years before Rogue One, more or less. Uh, so you're gonna really get to see the, the, uh, origin of the character and the evolution of him becoming, you know, Cassian Endor for Rogue One and we already know where he leads off and where he ends up so it's like Titanic we know that he's gonna go down with the ship eventually but now we get to see how he went from point A to point you know C which is the cap you know the cap of his character where it ends up uh in Rogue One which is always interesting to see a backstory in some characters some characters you really don't need to see that um this one i think will work because the 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 duo was very popular especially k2 yeah they
4: were they were basically in my opinion they're the best um characters that they kind of put out like that since han and chewie and they almost had that rapport and i think all a lot of it has to do with um alan tudyuk's awesome presence as the the droid he was just He really made that film. Like that was the saddest I've probably ever seen seeing a robot die in a movie. Like I was straight up. Like I think
1: I think the reason why why we're in it we're in a good spot and we're you know why this will work as opposed to like for example the solo movie giving us a backstory is because this character actually actually is interesting in terms of we don't know a lot about him and but he established himself so well and now we got the it's going to be the same actor so at least they're not replacing actors right and saying oh this we're going to get a guy that totally they're going to get uh they're going to get Danny DeVito to play him and we're supposed to believe that <laughs> Danny DeVito is is the guy from Rogue 1 i mean that that that's that's what makes it good the fact when you can keep the actor and you can keep continuity like that I, I would yeah, appear I'm to see it. Danny I'm
0: DeVito sure. in that role. I would pay to see that. Just letting you know. <laughs> Danny DeVito in Rogue One? Yes.
1: <laughs>
2: well, guys, I'm going to tell you, you got to give me uh, some homework uh, here in the future because I have purposefully boycotted some things because I think it's, it's, you know, blaspheme and an abomination on a lot of, par- of things, you know, on my part. Uh, but uh, I'm extremely <sighs> uh, upset. And I may be taking things down to a base level here, but I'm extremely upset with Disney acquiring Star Wars. Here, I'm pretty sure you guys have talked about this already. Welcome
1: to the club.
0: A lot
2: of people are upset. Absolutely,
1: yeah. amen. Yeah. The worst, worst thing that could have ever happened.
0: At first, everybody was like, "Well, we're gonna get more movies. It's gonna be great." And then, right. Force Awakens came put
1: out. Table on it. Yeah, it we're like
0: all a happy about paper
1: it. Paper of it at first. Yeah.
0: And then Force Awakens came out, and they were like, yeah, yeah, it was a good movie, a good start. And then it just went downhill from there, it, even though Rogue One was an excellent movie. And it was funny, because Rogue One was meddled by the studio. They came in and, and they added the Vader scene at the end. Um, they changed some of the storyline around. In fact, the script was rewritten halfway through uh, to change the ending. Originally, they were all going to live at the end. That was the original concept. Um, and then changed that you know, not to spoil it for everybody who hasn't seen the movie yet, you know, you should have seen it by now, uh, because it's been out for a while, but, um, you know, that was the initial concept, and they came in and said, no, these people need to collab, because, and it made sense, because if they live, why aren't they in the rest of, you know, Star Wars, you know, trilogy going forward, they had a big important role to play in in, in getting the plans to the Rebel Alliance of the Death Star, so you'd figure these are heroes. They should be involved in the next trilogy. But since they all are dead, you know, that makes perfect sense continuity-wise. Now, yeah. uh, going forward, um, you're absolutely right, those Zod, when you say about, you know, at least it's going to be the same actors uh, playing the prequel. What I like is they're not going to include, like, Jane Ursa in her storyline. It's just going to be Indian cast, you know, cast or Indian whatever his name is, K 2 and, uh, and those two characters and their adventure and their evolution, which is cool. Uh, unlike Solo, um, they, you know, that was a complete mess-up from the very beginning uh, because they had the wrong directors involved for the tone of the movie, wrong actors, bad idea, a character that didn't need a backstory uh, like Solo because we got the evolution from when we meet him, to where he ends up, and then the sequels will tell the rest of the story. In fact, for certain characters, like Solo, it kind of ruins it, because there's a mystery behind him when we first meet him in the original trilogy, which you kind of ruin when you do a backstory to that particular character. You don't get that so much with Cassian Endor. With his character, you know, you can tell a backstory. There is a whole lot of room there which we don't know about. One of the best things
4: I can say about this, too... As that it's going to be a show and not a right. movie because it looks, just going off the Mandalorian, it looks like this Star Wars TV might be the only thing that can actually save the franchise aside from the film Rogue One. Because um back to what you said, V, I-, I will drop it like this. I don't hate the new trilogy as much as a lot of other people do, but Rogue One just stands so high above all the rest of them it's the probably the crown jewel of the disney star wars franchise and probably always will be it's um in my opinion right up there with the original trilogy and it fits perfectly into it cuz it's basically a prequel to them like a yep. almost a, well, almost funny how directly um of a prequel it is and, and it fits and,
0: in totally which is amazing like it, it actually feels like you're watching a new hope or like well, a, 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 a separate it's and it's of it.
1: seamless too it's seamless yeah. you go go ahead i was just going to say you have uh you have uh Tarkin in the movie as well Yeah. So that would that'll be a treat for you to check out uh being an original trilo- a big original trilogy fan um uh, you'll get you'll get to see Tarkin again and that alone is is worth watching Rogue One among, among other things. I mean, I I agree with Johnny and Jackal on, on this one hundred percent. That Rogue One is is definitely, you know, right up there. So you so if you're if you have to watch any of the Disney Star Wars movies, definitely check out Rogue One. And then my
0: DeLorean.
2: I am TV. definitely. I probably. I'm. I'm the basic person here. You guys are all talking about story. I really had wished growing up, saying the movies take more of less story and more, more graphic violence. I mean, when you read the comic books, you there's there's so much not incorporated. There's all the Sith magic. Sith Sorcery, the dark stuff that you actually, if you're a Star Wars fan and have read the comics and the Wikipedias and stuff like that, uh, Sith Sorcery is some dark, twisted, evil, violent, gory stuff sometimes, and you'll never see that in a Disney
4: movie. Well you never saw it in a George Lucas one either. You had Phew. to go into something like Dark Horse comics and they had, you know, guys like giant John Byrne and um uh what a bunch of really talented guys that got pushed out of Marvel and DC and were having the time of their lives doing like these kind of fringe stories and like they got their hands on Star Wars, so they got to make a lot of magic, but and it also kind of got stamped approval by Lucas, but I don't think at any point George was kinda of like I'm gonna incorporate this into one of my movies. I don't think that that was ever like a thing that was gonna happen. I think that the most you, the closest to live action you'd probably ever see any of that stuff would be in a video game.
3: Right. I mean, yeah, but you
5: guys kind of are forgetting.
0: You're, you're forgetting one thing though. and the new trilogy, um, you know. They did have a lot of killing, uh, you know, there's, look, even in Rogue One, you have Vader, like, chopping people up and cutting people in half and killing people. Right. I, I mean, so, I, you know, Disney, while in the past, I think, were very, you know, vanilla about, you know, violence, I think that what they're doing is, especially since they acquired these studios, they're not, you know, telling them to dump down the violence as much, because I've noticed that. They even, they even allowed the, the sequel trilogy to be PG-13. So it wasn't like these were PG movies like George Lucas used to make. They were a little bit more adult themed in that sense where you had a little bit more of a a graphic violent thing. Um, they're even going to allow, you know, Deadpool to be rated R for Deadpool 3. So they're, they are pushing that uh, as well. Uh, but I think with it, and it's a smart thing to do. Disney movies are Disney movies. Lucas movies are Lucas movies. Marvel movies are Marvel movies. And they're kind of like letting them do their thing. But at the same time, they, remember, these studios working with a mandate to make money at the end of the day. So they're going to go with the market share and what the audience fan base wants to see in general. And if the audience says we want more violence, they'll tell that studio, okay, you know, up the uh, the level of violence. Now they got Fox, got all these different studios that are going to be working with them. Uh, and releasing you know, making films their under,
4: I, from what I understand, they're going right. to keep releasing Deadpool as Fox films, right?
0: Correct. And even the, the Star Wars movies going forward, um, you know, Fox originally was the distributor for them and and produced a lot of stuff with Lucasfilms, along as you know, just not distributing them. That's one of the reasons why Disney went after Fox so heavily, because this is a little un- unknown fact that a lot of people don't know. While they re- while they acquired Lucasfilms. Fox owned part of the copyright so they could never release the original cuts of the original trilogy anywhere because Fox owned a uh, copyright to that also. So there would be like a shared revenue and Disney didn't want to do that. Lucas didn't want to do that. That's one of the reasons why we never were able to get that cut. With Disney now owning everything, they own that. Part of it. They also got the X Men franchise. They own all that Fantastic
4: now. Fantastic Four. Yeah, they got F- a bunch yeah, they, of so stuff back. So now they
0: got, they got everything back. The only thing that's holding them back, and this is going to be the thing that after we get out you know, through the outbreak and everything gets back to normal in Hollywood, is you're going to see Disney going after. What Ted Turner and, and TNT owns, which is the TV rights to the original trilogy in the original format, because remember through the eighties and nineties we used to watch Star Wars on TV, and it was All always Star. on TNT. That's where they was played the original trilogy, and yeah. it was always like a TV cut they of on, that.
4: They played it on Sci Fi Channel a couple times, but they probably had to pay Turner Broadcast because right the everybody is had to pay them. His... Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, everybody had to pay Ted Turner because he had bought the rights for TV before it, even Fox was a TV network. So when Fox was trying to find a TV network to play the movies, they they made a deal with uh, with Ted Turner along with Lucasfilms. So that's the third party involved is the the people that bought Turner Broadcasting, which is America Online. They all like merged into one big conglomerate, I think Viacom is part of that also. So that's going to be uh, uh, the next battle for Disney to get those rights, and that's why you're never going to see the original cuts on TV. You could see them now released maybe in the future sometime in DVD or in Blu-ray because they own the Fox brand part of it, but as unfortunately for anybody who wants to see that stuff on TV or streaming anywhere, you're not going to get that original cut of Star Wars regardless. Because of that, um, I would love to see that just released on Blu-ray. To be honest with you, the original uncut theatrical version of Star Wars: The Trilogy—that is something that all fans want to see. Um, will we get that? I don't know because Disney's really pushing their brand of Star Wars now, and Lucasfilm is pushing you know their um, you know their Star Wars, which includes the Mandalorian, eventually the uh, the Obi-Wan series. Um, they're even talking about bringing back Ray Park to replay Maul again in, uh, in a continuation to what they're trying to do with Solo at the end with him and, uh, you know, the the uh, the underground shadow, uh, I guess, not Sith Lord, because he wasn't a Sith anymore, uh, but the, the band of criminals and bounty hunters. Yeah, he was the crime syndicate. He had kind crime like syndicate right.
4: Yakuza going on.
0: Correct. They're going to push that in the Mandalorian, I think, which, the, that timeline you're like, wait a second, doesn't he die before Mandal- before Mandalorian? Well, we've seen Moe die before, and he doesn't really ever die. So I think that's going to be tied into his character where you could try to kill him, but he is, like, one of these beings that he doesn't just die. You know, he gets yeah, survived, you survive. Yeah, like, kill things.
4: his brain or something, because they cut him in Correct. half and, like, he's still running around. Yeah. Well, and see,
2: I hope that they keep some of, you know, the, keep the violence and, and maybe even up it because, uh, well, for example, you have like the Wolverine movies, for example. The, the Wolverine movies, I think, were more of a success than the X-Men movies. I mean, you had Wolverine, you saw Wolverine cutting people's arms off. And, right. them, man, and stuff like that ah. those those moves are the only ones that i rewatched. i
4: didn't re-watch any of the x-men movies i rewatched the Wolverine. well you didn't
0: movies. miss much because most of those movies are garbage yeah uh, they're yeah. terrible as a, <laughs> yeah. as a
4: lifelong x-men fan you're not missing anything but what i gotta tell you <laughs> my, what i gotta tell you my friend is you must watch the mandalorian then because oh, yeah. that is probably by far the most violent um star war ever because like it's got like total space western there's a droid that just like goes wild like they just slaughter all these different other bounty hunters to get what they're after there's a scene in one um where there's this um, mandalorian blacksmith and these stormtroopers rush her and she's Mm. just like smashing in their helmets and you're just watching these stormtrooper trooper helmets just shatter she's like hitting these guys with this big mandalorian blacksmith hammer it's it's awesome there's some really really good fights and violence in that show so yeah. if that's what you're kind of looking for that show will be your huckleberry man like it's well it, i'm it, actually
2: I'm, very much in love with baby yoda
4: uh I, and i'm a season. you
0: big, and the rest of the I, planet by the way
3: yeah i love baby <laughs> yoda, which I didn't
0: know the, the, the biggest star wars hater on the planet geeks and gamers are like baby yoda fanatics so they can love baby yoda that that's a universal character the thing is he's so cute and he he's like a little tinier yoda and yoda was like the most popular good character in star wars besides you know obi-wan and luke you know and i, th- I would even say that yoda was probably more popular than luke at some point because, you know, it's one of these characters, when he's on screen, there was a real magic in Empire Strikes Back when you meet Yoda. Um From yes. so the moment you first meet him, he's like a goofy, funny character. And then when you realize that he is the Jedi Master. See, this is what I love about the original trilogy. And uh, it didn't have anything to do with violence or, or anything. It was all positive in his nature.
4: If you, remember, if you remember when Luke meets Yoda he kind of teases him and tests right. him to so see what he can get away with before he gets mad. And I think that that's kind of what Baby Yoda is doing with Mando. Correct. When yeah. he's messing with the radio and he's doing yeah. all the weird stuff to make him mad, he wants to see if, like, I want to see if this guy will ever, like, you know, pull it. And um, I think that that's why he's became kind of his protector, which is really it's a beautiful show in many respects but it's also very violent and like if you like samurai films like seven samurai yes very very similar to one of those along with probably your favorite old 60s cowboys movies it's not very representative of the modern western but if you like old good 60s westerns it's it's got a lot of that flair to it too it's a beautiful blend of genres and um they put so much quality into it it's you see so many different aliens and all the ones that your all your favorites when they went to Moss Isley, you get to see them again you get to yep. see your favorites from probably every movie kind of pop up because he he bops from planet to planet and it's just it's just so rad i didn't think i would end up liking it as much as i did and i already planned on liking the show but it it really just blew me away all my expectations yep. Just.
0: Even like the the character that um what's this girl played Jane uh, Crusoe what was her name
4: Gina Carano yes she was awesome. Everybody
0: was complaining about her like oh what did it bring her into the series oh that's you know well, women this and all exactly was be woke this is the Me Too moment and she was absolutely <laughs> fantastic in the show. I mean uh, her character was on point you know she was brutal uh, but at the same time she was nurturing to the kid uh she was really uh, you know cool with mando the main character uh you know she fit in perfectly to the storyline uh there was no distraction you know on her character by any means uh it just made perfect sense because she's a, another bounty hunter and just like you know he's a bounty hunter she's a bounty hunter and uh the fact that she has a history with him and they were going they're going to bring her back even including after the initial backlash Uh, the fans all, like, at the end of the series, they were like, oh, but actually she was really, really good. So now the backlash became positive. So that tells you, why I I think, you know, for a lot of Star Wars stuff, streaming is going to be great because it's going to show fans that just calm down for a minute. That's another thing that the the sequel trilogy also faced. While I was disappointed with The uh, Last Jedi and... Uh, to some extent, rather than the Skywalker, because of the cuts. Uh, something that I noticed is how quick fans were to like completely, you know, destroy the trilogy without watching it all in three parts, which is the way he's supposed to do it. Uh, it's not like any hope or the Empire Strikes Back, where Lucas, when he made that first movie, had no idea he was going to make a sequel, so he made a movie that was open-ended. Which, if you never made a sequel, you were fine with that. But if you could. He gave you the way to do it. With the new Star Wars, you know, every movie you knew there was going to be another one coming out. So when people started jumping on and saying, oh, this is terrible, they, they should have done this or that, wait for it. You know, there's there's going to be three parts. It's a long story. You have to kind of just, you know, before right. you, you know, judge it, watch all three. Then you can judge all three as one with the TV series is the same thing. You have eight parts to win you over. At first people were complaining. Now everybody loves their character. So go figure. They saw the evolution. It taught them to like, you know, chill and watch it and, and, you know, not have to wait two years to see it or wait a year and a half. It was, you know, another week. So I think that okay. is going to also like make the audience more aware that we should just, you know, not be so quick to jump to an assumption and, you know, just hold off a little bit.
4: It wasn't just her though, you got a great supporting cast. You had Oh um, what's yeah. his name? Um Watiti as, yeah. as the droid, he was awesome. Nick Nolte he is directed. the I have spoken guy, he was he yeah. was excellent. Carl Weathers is the head of the bounty hunters, but probably the coolest is actually finally getting to see um, the Mandalorians use their jet packs. Like in that, yeah. I think it was like what the fourth episode where they all just come in and they're like flying around and bah-bah. that was that was so rad. So for any fan of Boba Fett that was like mad that you never really got to see him, you, that gets rectified in this show too. So fan service.
0: I don't think you noticed, but you know Boba Fett comes out very quick in a scene in the background.
4: Oh yeah, no, yeah, you see. Well, I mean, I they never outright say, but like the red around the visor, he's kind of. What they say is, like, everybody's super specialized, so if, like, you, it's that distinguishing for you to be like, hey, that's Boba, it's, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's him.
0: Rumor is that he will appear eventually on this series, because he, he, we all, think, you know, follow this. If you follow Star Wars lore, you know that he survives the Sarlacc pit, you know, according to his, yeah, the Yeah, like the
4: taste of his armor, it spits him out a couple days Correct.
0: later. Yeah, and he survived it, uh, which... To me, that would be awesome if you know, they bring him into Mandalorian, because that gives him another bounty hunter which he go against. And now they're building Mando as being the good guy, Mandalorian. Uh So Boba Fett could play himself. He could be the anti-hero, bad guy, you know, whatever he was in the original trilogy. He doesn't have to be followed as the good guy, Mandalorian, which that's what the series would be if it was all about Boba Fett. So I'm excited to see but the wasn't the, show, wasn't
1: the show supposed to be a Boba Fett series to begin with?
0: Initially, that's why they changed it because that's they were like,
1: right.
0: yeah, that was the initial concept. But because of that, they didn't want to make him the good guy because that's not who he was. He was a bounty hunter who went either way, bad or good. I
1: didn't the really matter. What they said they didn't want to do it was because Disney Star Wars wanted their own character that they could market. They didn't want to use a George Lucas uh, oh. created. No, mm-hmm. no,
0: that was that was
4: just well, a fanboy. That's that because rash. they kind of put out this generic up-and-coming Mandalorian with kind of busted armor when you first meet him. And then at the end of this season, he's barely got, like, starting to get his cool armor together. You know what yep. so I mean? Don't, so I don't see why they would do that if they were just going to replace him kind of with, like, this guy that's kind of wearing a mopping bucket at the yeah. start, you know. But it, it might be true. I think, I think that this actually plays off better than them trying to do a Boba Fett series. As much as I love the character, I think that it would be a very hard road to walk without, cause he's got a very angry, dedicated fan base that if they did one thing wrong, all that anger that Jackal was just talking about with people yep. from the, the, the characters, it's, it would be just so exemplified. It would be kinda like how I feel about Picard to, um. Oh. To, uh, Star Wars fans, you know what I mean? In some aspect, yeah. people that really fetishize and worship Boba Fett.
0: Speaking of Picard, oh my goodness, that series started off so you know so good, and then the ending, what the hell happened there?
4: You, the last third, it's just like, they had to rush it, and they were just like, okay, let's put space robot Cthulhu in it, and I'm just like, what?
1: It was really? It yeah. was because too many cooks in the kitchen, the show changed they changed showrunners like three times
0: dude the Honestly, first two episodes are great the first three episodes are great I, and like, It just went downhill yeah. from there like, at ripped.
4: some point they should have just made it about Picard hanging out with Riker eating pizza on farm planet and like that would have been more interesting how <laughs> and especially like when um, seven wakes up all the the Borg and then they they just kill him right off. Like, they just wake up and they open the, I was just like, why did they even bother doing that? Cause I got all excited. I'm like, ooh, she's going to be the new queen and it's going to be heart. Yeah. Nope. They're all dead. They're all, it's, it's over. That, there goes yeah. that cool thing. Way to just ruin that. Way to go. Showrunner number When they three. had
0: the, when they had the samurai, uh, dude show up, you know, that was cool. Like, he was a Roman samurai character. Um, I forgot his name now, but he was uh, when he showed, yeah, when he shows up, I'm like, whoa, that, that character could actually, you know, change the narratives a little bit and be a cool addition to this, to this show going sure. forward. And then, you know, he just became generic. And you know, that was a shame because his look was really cool. Um, the sequence where he fights is excellent. I mean, his fighting sequences are badass, but it's just like the rest of the characters, like, really? Like, you know, they, they didn't do much with them. Uh, I know they're going to probably do a season two at some point, you know, once we get through the uh, the COVID-19, uh, and hopefully, you know, Picard is still alive in real life, and, you know, we don't lose Patrick Stewart because he's, you know, getting up there in age from here to then. Oh, um, yeah. That's another thing. You know, uh, that's what old people do, unfortunately. You know, they pass away, and eventually, you know, we're going to lose some of these uh, screen legends. Uh, Picard, uh, is a great character, but what they did with him at the also leaves a lot to be desired, man. I didn't like at all where that show ended up. And they didn't want to renew it, because it did well enough to be renewed for another season, so.
2: Well, you guys might hate me for saying this, but Charlie's Angels was good. The latest one?
0: Absolutely.
4: You're right, I hate, yeah. I hate
0: you for that.
2: Thanks, I'll, <laughs> pa- I'll probably
4: check it out, because I, I, um, I VOD'd um, Kristen Stewart's other new movie, Underwater. It wasn't the coolest thing. It falls into some tropes, but the idea of it and a lot of it is a very exciting, very interesting film. And I thought she performed wonderfully, and I haven't been a fan of hers so far. But I thought she was terrific in that, so it almost made me kind of like, I'll I'll give her Charlie's Angels a look if I if I catch it for free.
2: Well, I mean, you guys are talking about losing Picard here. Uh, He plays Bosley uh, in the movie, and uh, a pretty good Bosley. And spoiler alert, uh,
0: he doubles as another character as well. Is he in drag in the movie? Because that's the new thing that I put everybody in drag. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's not. Is he what like mean. Charlie's Angels grandmother also in the mo- in <laughs> <this>? <laughs> No, he's
2: just the original Bosley.
0: Apparently. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, oh, that's so cool. That, yeah. So well, that, they, they always change even way. what even in the original like uh, Charlie's Angels movie, the Bill Murray played Bosley at one point. Yeah, wasn't yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Bill yeah. Murray,
4: and then Bernie Mac played it in the second when he played Bosley's brother. Yeah, yes. which
0: that, that's a uh, clear casting choice perfectly. You know, They look exactly the same, yeah.
4: Well, I like Bernie Mac. He just wasn't really good in that movie. That no, movie I love Bernie Mac. That really good, period, though. Like the first choice, Angels, it's watchable, it's fun. I really enjoy Sam Rap- Rockwell's part in it. But, um yeah, that second one is just, it's video gone. No, but um, what I'm vomit. saying is
0: Bill Murray and it uh, <laughs> looks identical. I'm just saying that for brothers, for him and Bernie Mac, that's great casting. They're, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can totally believe that, that they came out of the same parents. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's a little bit of a stretch. Uh it was, it was no but, the
4: late nineties, man. Like that probably was what passed his edgy humor that month, man. You know what I mean? guess,
0: but you know, it, it's hard to replace um, you know a, a known face like that. And they tried really hard with Bernie Mac because he's you know he's a great comedian. But uh, Bill Murray, uh, you know, that's hard to replace when you have him as Bosley. And the movie wasn't good anyway. Neither one of those two movies in the, uh, the 90s. That's why I didn't even bother with the remake. Didn't really do anything for me. Uh, but you liked the V, so I mean, expand. What was it about it that you liked? Oh, uh, the
4: short-haired blonde. Is that Kristen Stewart? Yeah, she's going like, yeah. to be pretty cute. I didn't like her back in the Twilight days, but like now she's kind of she's working well, for me. She, she looks <laughs> like
2: Miley Cyrus if she weren't trying to attract pedophiles.
3: Interesting. <laughs> I, I
4: think she, I mean, she's a little bit more mature with the kind of the same look. I've, yes, exactly. I've also always I've always enjoyed kind of like the short haired punk rock girls. They're they've always been kind of my favorite too. So well,
2: again, my favorite thing in the world, uh, you know, hot girls in booty shorts. She pulls off the booty shorts quite
0: nicely. <laughs> so I think we can all agree: hot girls in the booty shorts. A <laughs> OK, Zyla, you agree with that?
1: Oh, absolutely. But see, you already know that about me, so I didn't feel so I had the comment. <laughs> there
0: you go.
4: Yeah, he's Master Cyber Love Talk.
0: Yes. Shout out to uh, that show from back in the day.
1: Cyber Love Talk. Yeah, back in the man. day.
0: I missed yeah, that did. show.
1: Yeah, Party Like It's 2012, bro.
0: Yes. Oh, <laughs> man. That was a show that uh, you could just hear and, uh, you know, just turn the lights low and. Have your pants around your ankles and just, you know, enjoy the yeah, conversation if anybody was with the shocked,
4: ladies. If anybody was shocked by my first couple <laughs> words of the on-air of this, of the show, <laughs> that, that would be baby talk compared to what you heard on Cyber Love Talk. <laughs> and I'd like to apologize about that. I did not know we were live. We were on commercial on our network, so yeah. I can really talk about that, gents.
0: She hey, would, you, you know, young man. that's all right. Uh, speaking of which, uh, V, you want to make uh, the announcement? Because I don't think uh, we got to it early on. We just jumped.
2: Oh, no, the no. I just want to announce to my audience that this was the roundtable and not the regular broadcast. I, I want to get my audience used to Thursday being the roundtable show. So, you know, cutting down the regular show, which is the Red Pill Hardcore Rio show. For those of you who are on PSN Radio, uh, you know, we're here RBN and also PSN Radio as well going, branching out.
0: So yes, thank you for that little plug. <laughs> Just uh, plugging away. That's what I do. I plug, 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 plug. Sometimes I plug myself out of the conversation and people get mad at me. Sorry, sir. Oh.
4: <laughs> also, also from the news table, we have um, a little bit of Marvel news. This might excite the a little yes. bit. Mark oh, wow. Ruffalo, yeah, yeah. who... Mark Ruffalo, who obviously wants to keep working like, um, Chris Hemsworth did,
3: he's Mm -hmm. all excited
4: about (laughs) the future for, you know, the Avengers and the Hulk in, um, general, and since they're going to be doing the She-Hulk show on, um, Disney streaming he's talking about like hopefully maybe like he can show up on that and she can maybe be in a film of his eventually and he also really wants to do a Wolverine movie because anybody knows when Wolverine first appeared he was a Hulk villain so that would actually be kind of a neat way to introduce the character if they actually brought him in the way he was brought into the Marvel Universe proper
2: well I'm all for a She-Hulk and I'm, I absolutely love, no one can call me a chauvinist. No one had their dare. Just because I could slap a girl on the hiney, uh, my, my lady, and, and sorry, make me Back joke, in the 90s, that was, that was considered flirting happen. by the way. She, Dallas Dallas so like that was so, considered flirting back then. She's so happy yes. to do so, but no one can say I'm a misogynist because I like my females and, and powerful roles. I love the idea of a super strong warrior woman. Uh, you know, uh, I like Power Girl. Oh my God. I wish they would just. Well, here, here's Power the perfect woman.
0: question, V. A perfect question for you. Were you a fan of Laura Croft in the 90s and early 2000s?
2: Laura Croft, Xeno Warrior Princess, yes. No, no, Laura, consider- Laura, Croft,
0: yeah, Tomb Raider. Because if you were, then you're no, no, I, I know, interested. I know Tomb Raider, but I'm saying yeah. added on to that,
2: uh, Xeno oh. Warrior Princess,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, so if you're a fan <laughs> of that, yeah. I mean, that tells you everything. Yeah, I'm, I was a huge uh, Tomb Raider, Laura Croft fan. I was very disappointed by the movie. By the way, I didn't like with the deal with the uh, movies at all. But I used to play the, the games all the time, and I was a huge fan of hers. This is a big misconception with the audiences today who are like, oh, everybody, oh.
1: Uh, like did you like the new Tomb Raider, though, uh, Jackal?
0: They, no, it it was worse, no,
4: it was worse than the Ancient League ones. Bro. Yeah, oh they, God,
0: they, they so just, they've never I, so gotten right.
1: I'm only asking because I haven't seen it. I, I don't know. It
0: was terrible. It was terrible. And I was excited and, for and it it had such a good yeah.
4: cast, too. It had um yep. Dominic West, Wally Goggins, um, what's-her-name, Alicia. She's cute. She was yep. really good. She, she was actually decent as the character. It's just the film itself was written poorly. Garbage. And when they yeah. tried to actually replicate the game when she's sneaking around with the bow... It, yeah. it, it was it was almost silly, man. I felt so bad for the person who shot that scene because it looks so Sci Fi Channel.
0: And that's a, a story that you could. I, I, I assumed you could easily like you know make into a really epic you know series of movies if they just you know had the right you know people behind it and pushing it because those games were awesome. The Tomb Raider games. I used right. to like you know and spend hours. I used to, to
4: watch those. that television show with Tia Carrera that was on. There was a rip off. Yeah. Of that. Yeah. That. Oh, yeah. It's like a very easy TV show to make And plus I just really enjoy watching Tia Carrera Period Oh yeah
0: Speaking of pants around your ankles Tia Carrera, Tia Carrera. But they,
4: they just can't seem to make it work on film When it's like well, There was a perfectly cheesy ass show that ripped it off fine years ago Like how come you can't do it on film That makes no sense to me man They tried three times and it's just still Elusive to them insane
0: to me It so was silly uh but you know piggybacking off of that i mean if you're a fan of uh you know tomb raider and you warrior princess uh you know you're a typical dude and we've always been fans of of you know these heroic female characters so a lot of this uh me too uh, woke moment stuff you know, they're forgetting that, you know, these superheroic women have been around for a long time. It's not just Ray from Star Wars all of a sudden, who's the first strong female. No, they, we've always had them. Heck, you want to go to horror movies? Nancy in Nightmare on Elm Street. Female well, character beats she, Freddy Krueger. She
4: Hulk, she Hulk, who we started talking about, has been around since the late 70s. Yeah. Jamie
0: Lee Curtis beats Michael Myers in in horror movies. So, I mean, it's it's not like, you know, women haven't been empowered in movies before, or TV, or anything like that. It's just all of a sudden this generation likes to rewrite history and they forget that, you know, that's always been the narrative. In fact, most movies in the 80s had women leading, uh, you know, to be the hero at the end, the most horror movies, from the, the horror movie Bad Dream, remember that horror movie that uh, had the same uh, uh, female uh, actress, I forget her name, who was in well, uh, The Dream Warriors with Nightmare on Elm Street 3, the punk rock Patricia chick.
1: Patricia <laughs> but, but oh, yeah. um, No, not guys. Patricia
0: the no, not her. The yeah,
2: that's brother. more of guys, yeah. that, the showing that guys, oh, they're, they're ignorant for no you know, I'll protect you. And then, you know, their head gets lopped off. And then the woman is forced to actually use her brain to survive.
3: (laughs) That's always been the
0: case, though. But they've always used their head, brains, and their might. I mean, Nancy used everything to beat Freddy. Kimberly Curtis had to use everything to beat Michael Myers. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, in every one of these horror movies, that was the case. They had to put, you know, like their full strength and their mind showing they're smarter than the killer. So for anybody who says, oh, women haven't had that representation, I'm sorry, you just don't watch enough cinema to really understand they have always been represented very well, in fact, and, and a lot less uh, misogynistic, as they let, want to lead us to believe, because in cinema, they've always been heroic. Uh, so that's kind of an of a outlier and a misconception. Uh, you know, it's just uh, the generation now are like, or the other one that pushes the alphabet people agenda when it comes to these movies, and they just want to push uh, a narrative that wasn't really true about you know mm-hmm. the way we, us guys watch movies, because oh, that's something right. I like to see in movies more than you know beautiful women act tough. It's just got to be well written. That's what I had an issue with the Suicide movie, Squad. I, just for,
1: just for the listeners out there listening to the movie and actually uh, listening to the show and actually paying attention to the content and want to know what movies we were talking about the movie that jackal was speaking of is called bad dreams from 1988 and it features jennifer rubin who played the badass Terran in nightmare on elm street dream Warrior. so i just wanted to add that little anecdote there for people listening because i know when i listen to these kinds of shows i like to when they're talking about movies or books i always like to look them up and if it's something i haven't seen then it's something that I, I know I'm going to want to watch later on down the road. You've never seen, so seen that
0: movie, uh, Zod? You've never seen out. that movie, Bad Dreams? No, I've yes, never seen yes, it, but It's I'll a check good it movie. Out. I
1: knew exactly what it was. I just, yeah. you know, and I knew who you were talking about and everything, but I was waiting for you to finish so that I could interject. Gotcha. I hated
4: you know, her death in Dream Warriors. Mm, I thought yeah. that she kind her, of her hung death out. A, I always thought her death was perfect. I thought
1: that yeah. was so, you know... Creative and, and it made sense. Well, it used it to be a, a Yeah,
4: with the with the talking track marks. Yeah, that was pretty good. But I don't know. I I, I liked her a lot, so I'd never like when characters. You would like love
0: Bad Kingdom. Dreams then, because it's a yeah, yeah, no, similar have to character. Check it out. It's a very similar character, and I, I discovered that movie in theaters. I went to see, uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street three in theaters when I was a kid. You know, my dad didn't go; he took me to see horror movies, and uh, it shaped my uh, my mind going forward. So thanks, Dad. And uh, I saw Nightmare on Elm Street. Three and I loved it. Became a huge Freddy fan. So when Bad Dreams came out, I was like, "Oh my god, I got to see this movie." It's the same girl from, you know, Dream Warriors. And I literally went hey, to see, I see it.
1: Another, I see another watch along movie in our in our future. Yeah,
0: that's another one that I'd love to revisit. I mean, that's a great horror movie. And again, it's a, a character that's a female, empowering, and strong. You know?
4: Yes. Jumping back to what V was saying though a little while ago, man, I like, I'm really excited that they're taking a chance on a character like She Hulk because she's actually not yeah. a um action pack character. Her she's actually kind of more akin to something like Daredevil. She's a lawyer yep. mostly. And the a lot of yeah. is, though,
1: the sad thing is you're not gonna get none of that. All the
5: stuff, stuff that you guys are you talking
1: that. about right now, all that all that woke stuff, it's all that's all you're going to get with this She-Hulk movie. It's going to be dumbed down with all that stuff. <laughs>
2: Joe, so uh, I mean, you, you think there's going to be a lot of justice social justice warrior stuff and, and all lawyer, that stuff?
4: She's an ASLU lawyer in the comics, so of course you're going to get that. It's part of her character, period. It's always been. She's worked for the ASLU.
1: No, but, it I mean, it's going to...
4: Wow.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, but right. are they
4: going to destroy the film with
0: it? Well, I here's the thing. <laughs> if, if they have to kind of, like, introduce her somehow. So there's certain ways, narratively, that you could do that where you could skip the origin of the very first one and there's a sequel. You can kind of go back and tell, you know, where she started from and then kind of, like, fast forward to where she is at this point. So you could always interject flashback and do little things as a director without having to, like, show... Her as the lawyer and getting you know the, her powers and you know, spending forty minutes of the movie doing that, you could literally show that in a couple of flashback scenes, and then expand on it later on. So I mean, there's always tricks of how to do that as an editor and as a director.
4: Well, the way she gets her what powers think, is pretty that. easy. She gets a blood transfusion from her cousin. That's it. So literally
0: all you have to do is you want to start the movie that way is show her in the hospital, the sick patient, getting a blood transfusion, going home and then having the the transformation. That can be the first five minutes of the movie. And then later on you find out, you know, more about her character, why she is who she is, her lawyer, you know, activities in the follow up movies. You don't even have to see her as a lawyer. You just have to see the progression of where she is right now, meaning the Hulk you know, being introduced as who she is, getting more of the action sequence. And then later on, you can see her, okay, this is her, as a lawyer, and now you can see her as a hero, or you can see, you know, other parts of her character when they do sequels. Because I think She-Hulk, if done correctly, including the Hulk and other characters from the Marvel Universe, that could be a huge movie. You know, especially now, where it's a character that people haven't seen in cinema. And Johnny and Zod know this, because i said this a so million times. What sells the most is stuff that people have never seen live before. That's why Black Panther well, and, did so well. And all these characters that we've never seen on cinema do so well, and people are, people are shocked by it. It's not that, you know, these are just phenomenal movies. Because Shazam was uh, a fun movie, but a lot of people didn't like Shazam. So I don't know. Well, like the Shazam. cool thing about her... But it was something we've never seen, has- so
4: she has a wide range as a character and right. she's friends with virtually everybody she's been a part of the um the champions she's been a fantastic four member for decades at some point so like if they bring about the fantastic four and they want to do a storyline where johnny takes off and hangs out with spider-man or whatever and they they could have you know she Hulk pop up from the tv show and join the yeah. the team you know black panther's also been a Uh, fantastic for and now that marvel has them and especially if they do them on tv which i wish they would do because they would be so perfect for that i think it would kind of be kind of neat that like if they really include her in um a lot of these other platforms because she really is a character that pops up everywhere in the in in the marvel universe if you if you read the comics like i actually got daredevil comics where the two of them have been across um and had to argue um, court cases against each other and stuff, so I mean she 's all over the place, so I think if they kind of work her that way too and are able to pull it off in a fun and and they get a good actress to play her, I think that that the, the sky 's the limit with this character because she 's been yep. a fan favorite since she showed up I mean,
0: oh yeah, yeah, none of that none of that Disney owns or you know Marvel owns all these rights. Uh, and they have partnership with Sony for Spider-Man and all that stuff in the future, if they can continue that partnership, that's a big if, but if they can, I'm looking forward to them maybe even doing a future Foundation movie where they have Spider-Man join the Fantastic Four and become the new Fantastic Four or the future Foundation. That would be epic to see, you know, especially the the white Spider-Man suit. That that always looked cool. And to see that storyline would be, you know, epic and amazing. So, I mean, there's so much stuff that Marvel can do now, owning all the rights to all the characters again, which they could never do before. So, I mean, that in itself is pretty epic.
4: Right.
0: Uh, Absolutely.
4: Yep. So, So, Um yeah. and they got a they got a couple other cool things popping off on TV. They finally um, said that the Moon Knight is going into production and they got they're going to have dates oh, for boy. that when that's going to air soon. And he's yeah. one of my favorite characters. I cannot wait for that. And there's no way anybody could jump on here and say that his show is going to get ruined by SJW crap because yeah. yeah. And, since we, and since Daredevil's been ripped from my life um in live action, you know, Moon Knight is yeah, coming be, back though.
0: Daredevil is coming back uh, with the Defenders, Johnny. It's already been uh, confirmed, by the way, just recently, a couple of days ago. Um, is the same
4: guy going to play him as Charlie yeah, Cox coming yeah, back? Yeah, yeah, he's coming oh. back.
0: Yeah, the whole Defender uh from uh, Netflix. Every one of the actors is coming back for the Defenders series once everything gets back to normal. Um, that was announced uh days ago couple days ago, you missed it, but I'll link you some stuff on that also. But uh, yeah, no, they, they're the bringing Defenders, everyone on, The else?
1: Defenders series that Netflix did was horrible, though. So why would they do the Defenders again instead of just doing it? a Daredevil show?
0: Because, well, well, they they'll they'll do the Daredevil show it. first. They do that one first. They
4: do a solo series after they do a Defenders. Yeah. That was what yeah, I would but
1: think, but that didn't work though. That was the least watched show of all of them. I think but that was
4: Netflix's fault. think Jessica
1: Jones was the least watched, but then like yeah,
0: right underneath true.
4: that was
1: Defenders. What about but that's, Iron Fist?
4: I thought Iron Fist would be way less watched than you. But that
0: shows. was that was because of the studio uh, Netflix, which was running most of that stuff, and they wanted to get rid of all, the, all these shows. Remember, a lot of this stuff got rushed into uh, production after they were already initially greenlit because they were going to lose the rights to uh, Marvel Disney. And they were like, uh, well, if that's going to be the case, just rush this stuff out there and let's get rid of it. And that's kind of what happened with a lot of these series. Uh, Iron Fist was just the, you know, they kind of goofed that up from the very beginning. And there was really no, not much fixing in that series. Uh, going forward, they could always fix it later on and make it good. Doesn't mean they can't, you know, fix it for the new streaming platform, and make it better. I don't think you're going to see a solo Iron Fist, uh, season three or four or whatever. That's too
4: bad because the yeah. very last scene of season two actually instilled a lot of hope in most Iron Fist fans, but like too bad that that was the last scene of the second season, you know what I mean? Where you finally actually get to see him use both fists and, then yeah. and introduce Orson Randall and stuff. Everyone was like, "Finally, they're going to do the Brew Baker stuff. Cool!" And then it's just like, "Yep, yeah, no, first thing canceled. We're done." And then like, yeah, and the Defenders—it was terrible. Like I really do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was better, yeah. but the three seasons of Daredevil. Oh my god! Alongside the Punisher TV show. Like, the rest oh, of the yeah. Netflix could have sucked, but those two shows, I, I, I love, so I... I
2: love The Punisher. You're absolutely right on with that one. Um, I didn't see The Defenders, but... You're better uh,
4: off. Just watch The Daredevil.
2: Yeah, I've I watched all The Daredevil, and I'm, I'm sad to hear that that's not coming back, but... It um, is!
4: Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, he's with the same actor and everything, so that yeah. man, that's amazing. He, oh, okay. well, Charlie oh, Cox was.
0: was news. Yeah, Charlie <laughs> Cox was very heavily pushing bringing it back because he loves that role. I mean, that that put him on the map. Well, he was Yeah. So, good uh, now the thing is, uh, from what I've been you know reading and what I've been told with Punisher, um, the studio's not sure if they're going to continue that character with that actor on a series or they're going to make a movie with him. But they're definitely going to keep the actor. They're just not sure where they're going to go because he was. Out of all the people that have played Punisher, he is the one that everybody pretty much unanimously loved as Punisher. And the actor is phenomenal. Of course, he was in The Walking Dead, uh, the first seasons, and, uh you know, he became famous from that. But he's, I mean, like, if you think of the Punisher now, like, that's the guy.
4: You yeah, know, John the, Bernthal yeah. has kind of taken on the mantle... And I, I like Thomas Jane. I thought that he's a, he's a good actor. I just don't think that he, he played Frank Castle, and I think that movie was written horribly. Now, Ray Stevenson yeah. <laughs> played Frank Castle perfectly, but um, Punisher Warzone was a very flawed, very spoofy film. I yeah. like it a lot. I have a lot of fun with it, but it's not great. But the that going, forward, the can, yeah. going forward, you
0: can. Yeah. Going forward, that second movie wasn't great to go forward with, but yeah
4: but that tv show oh my yeah. goodness like they nailed it i loved the way that they did the um origin of um jigsaw how the whole first yeah uh, and a lot of people didn't know that that was going to be jigsaw as soon as they said his name was billy though i was just like oh snap this is going to be and i thought that that was really cool the way they pulled that off and season two was great and then all of a sudden like yep it's gone too and i was just like <laughs> I just got emo. I got
0: yeah. Well, Netflix again. Had, you know, once they saw The Writing on the Wand, they knew that these shows were going to get pulled. They kind of like butchered everything right after that on purpose too to kind of hurt the fact that they were going to lose these cash cows that they had. So they were like, "Okay, you're going to take it away." Well, guess what? This is what's going to happen now, and it became kind of that. Sadly, Uh but man, if they're going to ever do anything with Punisher, they have to bring him back, and he has to be Punisher. Uh, I mean, he was And they need to
2: also bring Dolph Lundgren in uh, to, to,
0: to cameo. To oh, yeah, yeah that would be great. <laughs> I would love to see that.
3: Love uh, to see that.
2: And they could save Iron They bring in
4: uh, Luke
2: Cage. You know, why not bring in some Power Man?
4: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing that everybody was hoping that they would do for season two. Actually, make it a Heroes for Hire because the two of them had a. a Duo book where they were actually partners. They were, nobody was nobody's sidekick, and they would walk around as the heroes for hire and kick ass together. And I think that um, both shows would have been greatly bettered by um, if they were both put together and done the way they. Guys, you hear that
0: music? We got to hit commercial break. We're going to be back in a couple minutes here on the round table and the the, uh, the hardcore uh, the hardcore Red Pill show, and uh, they do this out. All right.
3: This is real. Take her earth, pill.
5: to you for a second about the presidential election that's going on. You've seen just how crazy things have gotten in Washington lately. Democrats are trying to impeach the president virtually every week. They're trying to get rid of the Trump tax cuts, and they're also trying to make sure that your tax dollars are going to support extremist abortion views from Planned Parenthood and even governors like Governor Northam Virginia that are advocating for infanticide. So I have a question for you. Do you have anyone in Washington that is actually standing up for your values and making sure that your voice is heard? Well, there is a conservative organization that I want you to join for free for one year. It is called AMAC. AMAC is committed to strengthening this country's foundation. We're talking about standing up for the values that you and I believe in. We're talking about faith, family, and freedom. AMAC is fighting for the sanctity of our constitution. It's online at benfreeonline.com. You can also call them. You have to use my name, Ben, to get the one-year free membership. The 800 number, 1-888-466-9583. That's 1-888-466-9583. Or online at benfreeonline.com. That's benfreeonline.com. Join AMAC today, you'll get their newest magazine, and you'll have your voice be heard in Washington on important issues every single week. BenFreeOnline.com or call them and get your membership. You have to use the promo code BEN, one eight 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 four six six ninety five eighty three. 466 9583
0: Hi, this is Chris Tilma from Auto Toledo. I'm Angel from Inside the Jackal's Head and Skywatchers Radio.
4: I'm Brian Anderson. I'm an aviation technician and voiceover artist.
3: This is Deborah Jane East, host of Notes from the Underground.
1: I'm Ronald Murphy from Inside the Goblin Universe. I'm Cat Ward of Paranormal Heart. Hi, I'm Brian Bowden from Inside the Goblin Universe. I'm Arizona Tramp from Swamp Gas. Hey, this is Sarah Shelton from Haunted Toledo. Hi, I'm Al Sanariga from the Bronxville Paranormal Society. Harold St. John with the Toledo High Ghost Hunter Society. Please, 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 please. while you're out there driving watch out for motorcycles on the road be careful and watch out for motorcyclists
0: and watch out for motorcycles
1: watch out for motorcyclists please don't text or drink and drive
0: please don't text or drink
1: and
5: drive we've seen the aftermath of what can happen when you take your eyes off the road even for a split second
4: please don't text or drink and drive
1: texts can wait be safe
3: it's
0: not just at law; it's a good idea Well, we're back on the roundtable, and, of course, uh, this is uh, a third hour for the roundtable. Uh, this is the initial time slide now for V and uh, the Red Pill Show. And, uh, V, take it away. Yes.
2: Well, I mean, this is the time slide you do, the after dosage, guys. So, uh, again, this is the roundtable. This is Thursday. Thursday roundtable. Guys, get used to it. I just want you to let you guys know when we have our uh, thing down, that's just what you're going to hear. So get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love this stuff. We got to have a little bit of, uh, of entertainment, a little bit of, of, you know, talk about what's going on in the world. But we don't have to be, you know, so serious about it all the time. We can actually relax and have a show where we can just talk talk about pop culture and things like that, you know. I would love to discuss how uh, Kim Kardashian's booty has taken over uh, media entertainment altogether.
0: <laughs>
2: well. I did not
4: really pay attention. That's Kanye's <laughs> business. I'm out of it. I try
0: to pay attention to booty all the time, and Kim Kardashian does have a very round um, uh, hiney. And uh, I, I am aware of her hiney. I've seen many uh, videos, pictures, and some in silent when it comes to videos because you don't want to wake up the neighbors. Um, and it is a very nice hiney, I will say that much. Shout out to Kanye West for hitting that booty. Um, he's a good <laughs> man. Aunt and Ray, Ray was, J, I
4: guess, since he's the one that got her famous by hitting that booty, right?
0: True that. And Ray J also, that's my dude. Yeah, because He's eternally in my good book because he put her on the map and he enlightened us all to how round that Heini is. And uh, just to quote another famous quote, love to touch the Heini.
4: Also, he invented those Raycon head, um, earbuds, which I have a pair of that rule. So, yeah, Ray J is, he's a trailblazer, I guess. God bless Moesha's little brother. That's all I got to say.
0: Yes. The one thing that came up positive for that family. Ray J and his earbuds, <laughs> <laughs> and Kim Kardashian. Thank you for it so whatever
4: happened there. to his sister. Whatever happened to Brandy? She was beautiful too. She just kind of disappeared after her show ended. Like, did she get Once married she, or what?
0: Yeah, she. Uh, I think she just went back to uh, being a uh, you know a normal human being and out of the spotlight. Even though I think she did some. Uh, like, smaller indie stuff, uh, very, 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 like, small little cameos here and there, and that was about it for a little bit, and I, I heard a while back, God, this is going to be a couple of years ago, that she was trying to get back into acting, uh, but it had been some time since, you know, the show was on, so at this point, it's like Hollywood's been done with her for And she for just typecast as
4: Moesha now, basically? Yeah,
0: basically. So when you look at her, you're like, yes, yeah, Moisha and she's like, No, 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 I'm I'm not Moisha, that was a character. Okay, Moesha. Yeah.
4: It's well, like see, Tom Woolley. You know. She was a pop star for years before the show and I had wood for her even back then. Like I think I was like in junior high the first time I seen her um on M T V and I'm like I, it, I I'm pretty sure she's still smoking, right? I mean Oh no, yeah she she still looked really, really good.
0: I mean it's not like she uh aged badly or anything. Um, she can't play a high school student anymore, obviously, but, uh, you know, as actresses go, I don't see why, you know, Hollywood would not give her another shot, um, to make movies or TV series or something like that. I, it's kind of shocking. But when Hollywood does that, when they move on, look at Steve Urkel. Uh, remember that character, uh, Jaleel White? For a long time, everybody was like, oh, he's like the new Jerry Lewis, right? Everybody's promoting him as like the next big comedy genius. After that show, Family Matters, that went off air, what happened the day after? Disappeared. Yeah,
4: true that, yeah. You know? And look at how long it took Fred um, Savage to break back in. So, yeah, I guess it kind of is hard for them kids when they go on to TV and have a very prominent presence for them to kind of come back as something else and, like, actually get taken seriously as it. Like, Aston Kutcher's still fighting with it. I think he's tried several times to jump into film and it's just never quite worked for him because everybody's just like no, Kelso, you can't play Steve Jobs, you're Kelso
0: <laughs> No, but he did, he did have a couple of like, pretty notable movies that did really well, like The Butterfly Effect did really good um, That was a good movie to The Butterfly Effect The first film. one yeah. Really? You do not like that first one? I liked it The <laughs> second <sequel> one <laughs> was terrible, but I really liked the first one um, He did uh, that movie with Bernie Mac Um which uh, was about him dating his daughter. I forget the name of it, but it was pretty funny uh, at the time. Uh, Dude was my car, or was it, I guess his biggest uh, movie.
4: See, that one would have would have been huger if they had let it be rated R and actually put the weed smoking and stuff in it instead of making a PG thirteen. And yeah. like, oh, they're not high, they jello. It's like, what? No,
3: what?
0: <laughs> yeah. But you know what's funny though, dude? And, uh, wash my cart. Uh, I had the poster for that movie when it came out, cause I, you know, I used to work in theater and, and in, in video land, blockbuster back in the day, rest in peace to blockbuster video. And I used to get all the posters and promo stuff, and I had the poster on my wall for a while. And my nephew was a little kid at the time, he was like five or six. And, uh, when that movie first came out, he loved the poster. He always wanted to see the movie. And I was like, yeah, too young for that movie. When he got a little older, I, you know, I was like, do you really you still want to see it? He's like, yeah, man, I, I love the poster. And I, sh- you know, I let him watch the movie as he got a little bit older. And he loved the movie. Because, you know, it was kind of kid, you know, kiddish, you know, towards, uh, that kind of like age. And even till today, now he's 20, uh, or 21. Uh, even now, he still loves that movie. So it resonated uh, with a young audience, and he was one of those kids. That just he—that's one of his favorite movies growing up—is "Dude, was My Car?" It's all, because
1: of, all because of the poster.
0: Yeah, and Dead too all because he loved that poster so much. He always wanted to see it because he, he thought Stifler was funny, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and then Sean like, Liam he,
4: Scott is is underrated. Like, that's yeah, be more famous.
0: And he had seen American Pie by accident in my house when they, when they first came out on DVD. I bought it and I was watching it one and he came over as a little kid and he was like, oh, this is hysterical. He didn't see the initial pie scene though. That was already past that and I was like, thank God for that. And I shut his eyes when, you know, the, uh, Elizabeth, Shannon Elizabeth. The topless part came out, so I covered his oh, eyes. Oh, you're, an you're an
4: evil uncle! I didn't. <laughs> I wouldn't want to ruin his life, you know, going That's forward. That's not ruining his life. That's
1: Shannon. He Elizabeth was a little negative. kid,
0: you know. And I didn't want to like. Uh, I'm very, you know, like d- that. You decided, and he has a, a girlfriend. He's, he's normal, and he's not alphabet. In any way, shape, or form. But I'm just saying, like, kids should be only exposed to so much, you know? And, uh, you know, there was a couple of scenes, I was like, I did the, the whole grown-up, and I was like, ah, don't watch the movies! And, and he was like, okay, Tio. And, uh, you know, I think Tio means uncle. And, uh, you know, but he loved Stiffler, like, that was his favorite character. So when he saw it on the poster, he was like, I gotta see this movie. And I was like, there's a couple of scenes in there I don't want you to see. And he's like, but you covered my eyes with the last one, and I'm like, true and uh eventually i showed him the movie and he loved it it's his very movie even till today uh well not today exactly but you know like even in the last few years uh he wanted the poster he actually wanted to keep it uh because he loved that movie when we shared the house uh a couple of years ago guess where the poster ended up in his room
4: cool well i'm really happy that it worked out for him because i remember when i was younger and, like, Silence of the Lambs came out. My mom was like, oh, you can't watch that. It's it's too freaky. It'll, it'll... And then, like, later on, after I like, got seen, like, Hellraiser and, like, all the, like, the classic, <laughs> I got finally sat down and watched. And then I was just like, really? Mm-hmm. You thought this would freak me out? I mean, like, sure. The guy with his weenie t- t- tucked between his legs, that is a bit off-putting, <laughs> but... It's definitely not going to ruin my life. Like, obviously, Shannon Elizabeth's boobs would have. Oh my well, God, the inhumanity of that! Well,
0: it was just a, a big grown-up, um, a big uncle moment where I just jumped and I was like, "Oh, boobies! He's a kid. I don't want to. You know, like he shouldn't be watching any pornography. That's not cool." He,
4: he has older cousins. He's seen a Playboy. Like, I, don't I am the sure how young by, I was when the first time yeah. one of my cousins were like, "Hey, check this out," and I was just like. What are those? You know, like the normal little kid thing you do when you see them. It's like, mm, those are. You know, okay.
2: I, I I didn't have any of that growing up. I mean, I was raised by television. I mean, six years old, I'm sitting in front of the TV watching HBO. I mean, I used to. You know, so you saw. I'm
4: pretty young then. If you were watching well,
2: HBO. I was on the honor system. My mom told me while I was supposed to go to bed, she go to bed because she has to get up and work a 12-hour day. Uh, you know, I was just sat in front of the TV and yeah, I was watching real sex and everything on HBO. I mean, I didn't that that stuff didn't
1: hey, some, There's something I haven't heard mentioned in a long time, real sex. Wow, that, yeah. That's, 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 that's,
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean, I used to walk in with my brother watching porno at the age of four, so I was like, uh,
0: okay. <laughs> I guess I'm the, I'm the Mother Teresa here, because I didn't watch my first porn until I was like 12, and I was like, Ooh, what's that? And they're like, "This is the vagina," and I'm like, "Oh, growing I like up, that." Growing up
1: for me was, for growing up for me. It was Cinemax late night.
4: Yeah. Yes. yeah
0: yes. Cinemax, Cinemax.
4: Yes. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's we're always, all grown. It out, would yeah.
1: show a real. It would always show a real gory movie or a bloody movie, like John Woo's The Killer. And then after yeah. that, was, after that, they would you it would be nothing but baby oil and nipples. So there yeah, you go. Yeah, soft,
4: soft, core goodness. <laughs> yeah, boy. Actually, I, I still remember
0: the the name of the first you know semi porn movie I ever saw, Uh and it was a long series of them, the Emmanuel series. Remember those?
1: Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Same with me.
0: Yeah. yeah, That was it. I'll never forget that. That made me a man.
2: Well, so what about these <laughs> actresses that come up on these B movies and uh, they're flashing the boobs? The way <laughs> it's never should been be a serious role after that. I mean, do you think they're just content with that? And, and what's what, what? What is it about the boobs that kill your career? Because you could be a list actor and then you go, you know, like Ter- Tara Reid for example. You know, you get a little boobs. To uh, and next thing you know, you're doing B movies and oh, yeah. they're expecting you to show your boobs. <laughs> well, you know? the
4: thing is, is Hollywood mm. wants you to do it in a tasteful way and yeah. like, if you show them in an art film or like in a movie where like you're kind of just like they're by the pool and they, they flash them a little bit but like if they do something where like it's just seen it, it makes for some reason makes you seem like lesser like you're exploiting yourself which I, I don't understand if a person feels comfortable and happy with the way they look and they like, don't mind sharing with you know inquiring minds what that looks like. I don't understand why that degrades them at all. I, I, have, a I have a name for you guys. I have a
0: name for you guys. Does the name Chloe Cervini mean anything to you?
4: Savigny. Uh, uh, the, the one that gets raped by Casper at the end?
0: Yes. Um, she what? was an upcoming actress. She also... Uh, well, you never do rape her as part of the movie.
4: in case No again. What? Okay, You've never that, seen You've Never seen kids. Wow. Oh,
0: kids? Yeah, it's a great. Movie.
2: Oh, wait a minute, is that the one where someone uh gets HIV from Yes.
4: Yeah. Oh. Okay. That's, yes. That's it's a great movie. It was a viewing for people our age. I yes. I well, I, after, I, I after that a movie, a
2: friendly ghost raping a chick. No,
0: no, no that no, would have no. been a great movie too, <laughs> but <by laughs> that would have been awesome, but no, that that never happened.
1: Oh, uh, that was uh, the wrong cast. But...
0: <laughs> yeah, that would have been great though. I'll tell you, I would pay my hard money to see that. Uh No, but here's the thing: Uh she was an upcoming actress. She even did American Psycho with Christian Bale. Um She was really getting like creamy like really great parts and then she did a movie called the brown bunny with her then fiance vincent gallo director and uh there's a very famous bj scene in there where she does and that ruined her career literally like she she, destroyed it after that
4: she went back to the indie scene she's still making indie films she was always an indie darling anyway she came out of doing like larry clark and um what's his name harmony kareem movies anyway so her going back it i don't know that's kind of full circle but she was becoming like an actual hollywood celebrity and she kind of went back to her roots because she like, had no choice I mean, the thing is is brown bunny actually has a fully pornographic scene it's not yeah. like they play acted the fellatio which you mentioned it's actually truly performed in the film yeah it's yeah. a true yeah. sexual act on that film in that movie
0: yeah, and, and that, and it was funny because she did interviews as an actress to promote, you know, all the work that she did. In fact, she was promoting, uh, Boys Don't Cry, I think, at the time, um and they were asking her about kids and about doing those kind of movies, and she said she enjoys more risque movies, and then she did The Brown Bunny a few years later, and after that everybody's like, wait a second, this is like, really off the radar and even boys don't cry or kids and uh, in an interview when she was promoting you know, a movie right after um, The Brown Bunny they asked her, uh, they just kept going back to The Brown Bunny in that scene and she didn't get why it was such a big deal because it, it, it meant to be an art film but yeah. it is a very pornographic scene and she was trying to defend it and they were like but you actually performed oral sex in the movie and like like her expression, she was kind of like really like she didn't know how to answer or, or even continue with the interview at that point. And I think that's when Hollywood was like, okay, we you know we're done with her. And it's very sad because she's a great actress. And again, as for actors going forward, once you put yourself in that kind of a, of a role. It's very hard to come out of that and and be taken serious. That also ruined the career for the guy who played um, Evil in the, the 1976 Evil movie and Fright Night. You remember him? Yeah. Well, he, same he, he kind
4: of started doing um, racy films of uh, right pornographic nature, but and yeah, he was he, taking off. kind of of a different style. Like I remember we did a show where we already talked about him. Yeah, he kind of became. Uh, uh, gay porn star in his yeah. own right and yeah he never he's tried to get back into films they he actually was really campaigning to be in the remake of Fright Night and they were just like not nah. Yeah. We can't have your name on this, buddy. You did porno, which I understand that. If you go full on and become a porn star, you don't come back. There are very few crossovers. I think Janet Jameson and a few others, like Tracy Lords, like there are a couple that, like, were able to come over to Hollywood and make a few things and and make a name for themselves. But it's a very rare circumstance. And if you do it, yeah, you're basically kissing your um, career as an actual actor goodbye because no one's going to touch you. Um, I think with Brown Bunny, like they watched Actually, a bunch of European. So, wait spread. a minute
1: though, man. Wait a minute though, man. She was just she was just in The Dead Don't Die with Bill Murray and Adam Driver in twenty nineteen. Yeah, and but she that was, was in a couple NFL. movies that was, in twenty nineteen.
3: But there are
0: independent yeah. movies. They're indie movies, like she's not doing anything mainstream mainstream anymore. Don't Adam yeah. Driver does a lot of independent movies also, so you're always going to get, like, a big-name actor in some of these independent movies now because a lot of the big actors come from the independent circuit. So they always kind of go back and do those movies as well because they, that's where they come from. And Adam Driver loves doing those kind of movies. And he's Plus, great. Yeah, Jim you know? Charmoush. Jim in, uh, Charm- Zodiac 2007. yeah, she, she,
4: that was
1: a... Uh, that was a David Fincher movie, so
0: but uh, nobody saw that movie. That's the thing.
4: And I think she was like one of the victims. It's not like she was a big part in it, yeah. Uh, as far as I remember, but like, see, like for Dead Don't Die, Jim Jarmusch is a very um, fringe director. He directed like punk rock films starring the guys from the Clash. So, um, but he recently has made friends with people like Bill Murray. He did like um, Dead Flowers in a couple films. So he kind of has like this draw, and he made this kind of spoofy. Um, zombie movie that hit big and yeah she's in it but that's because she, he makes the kind of films that she usually is in anyways this one's just kind Correct. of fun that he kind of put got pushed into the mainstream because it's a popular topic that he did right. but yeah that's that's kind of like why she had a big part in that and you know kind of explaining that one
0: but if you look at her, at her resume, a lot of them are cameos, small roles, uh, nothing to the point where she's the main actress, actress in the movie. Uh, which, that's where they wanted to go with her. I mean, she was being groomed to be a, uh, a, you know, a leading lady type. Um, and she had the perfect, you know, face, charisma, actress skills. She's a really good, talented actress. Uh, but she kind of pigeoned, you know, holding herself down into, like, the indie circuit. And because of the Brown Bunny, because that one movie kind of like said, okay, mainstream doesn't want nothing to do with you unless you go back and you pay your dues over again.
3: I don't see doing why people since. were
4: surprised, though. If you watch some of her earlier films, like when she was in Gummo, like there's a scene at the end where she like shaves off her eyebrows and gives them to her little sister so her little sister can glue on a mustache because her little sister always wanted a mustache so she could look like Burt Reynolds. So, like, <laughs> Chloe has always been a little wild and has oh, always yeah. been in yeah. crazy shit. So I, I think that um, once people kind of looked into her past, people have kind of been like, wow, this girl's kind of insane anyways you know what i mean like i don't think she was ever going to really be a huge starlet but yeah i don't think brown bunny did her any favors at the same time
2: well how about (laughs) actresses like i don't know uh the charlotte gainsbourg she uh okay well she did a sexual scene in case you guys don't know the movie antichrist uh with willem dafoe uh she does see yeah wonderful and
1: and it was crazy. That's a criteria, that's a criterion that's a criterion film by the way.
2: Yeah, uh yeah uh yeah Lars von Trier.
4: Yeah but once again we're going into indie but not just indie we're going into European films that movie wasn't really even really made for our market like True. Lars von Trier is um I believe um Hungarian or Dutch or Hungarian something like that and um he he directed it over there and with his own money, he's like one of them, he's very wealthy, and so
1: well. That- but the thing though,
2: about that is, guys were freaking out, and, and, and people were just like, What the hell? Uh, I think he even was interviewed uh, by a guy, uh, and, and the guy's like, What the hell's going on here? You owe us an explanation for this film, <laughs> and uh. Um, Lars feels like, you know, I am the, the greatest filmmaker in the world. You are my guest and not the other way around. And completely shut down the reporter.
4: Well, it's a very easy <laughs> film to understand. I mean, sure, it's, it's steeped in metaphor. But, like, if you watch it, it's um, about demasculating the person that she felt that was holding her back and keeping her. It, it, it's a weird film. It's very artistic, it's very surreal, but it's not um, impossible to understand. And plus, it's um, meant to be kind of one of those woke films. So what she does to Willem Dafoe, sure, it's horrible and graphic, but it's it's supposed to be empowering at the same time in, in Lars Ventura's own kind of disturbing way because he's like one of them guys that constantly wants to shock people. Like if you see Nymphomaniac and some of his other films, he really wants to be one of those guys that like um, – gaspar no that really make these films that are just outrageous that just traumatize you lars isn't as good but he wants to really be in. i think antichrist is probably the closest he got because that is true savagery i mean like when you watch it you're just like oh my god i don't want that girl ever near me
2: (laughs) yeah exactly it's like wow these women actually exist okay i gotta be careful
4: Well think it it's a movie about mental health problems and yeah. loss and grief and there's a lot to it that it's not oh, yeah. just a representative of a certain type of woman or a woman or women in general it it's about a certain feelings and emotions and things that happened it's it's very expressive i don't want to get deep into the film because i'd be spending almost as long as the film is trying to explain it to the audience but yeah, it, it, it that's a completely different case, and since it's looked on so artistically, and it wasn't actually like a sexual act, it wasn't made to be like erotic or horny. Sure, there was an organ involved, but it's it's more gruesome and cringeworthy than like uh, you have to be a of course to think that that was hot. That's all well,
2: you know, if you think that's hot, then you're the kind of guy that would date Lorraine Bobbitt. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, minus her cutting the member of her husband. What had she done wrong, really? <laughs> There's no redeeming that woman, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's uh, my bad.
4: <laughs> oh, from, what the, from what the police report said, guy might have had it coming. He was way too rough than he Yeah, he, he wasn't hungry. a good dude.
0: Here's a, here's a little nugget of information. About a year ago, um, they're talking about remaking again Fright Night. And um, I would love to see that because I didn't really like the remake too much, even though I had a really good actor. I yeah, think. the leg uh, great
4: Anton Yelchin.
0: Yes, Uh but the remake kind of let me down a little bit. Uh, but they're talking about remaking it again, especially that sequel was horrible. The the sequel, remix the sequel, it's terrible. They uh, made so a
4: sequel a- Fright- the, to the new Fright Night? They actually made it a Friday yeah, they called
0: it Friday Night 2, but it was kind of like almost remaking the first one again. It was just yeah. weird. It, it yeah, that was, made,
1: a, that was a big epic fail. It
0: yeah. made no sense whatsoever. So they were talking about remaking again the original and Stephen, uh, what's his uh, funny name? I was messing up. Stephen, uh, Jeffrey, Gaffrey, uh, Jeffries, who played, uh, who played the evil, uh, the original one. Uh, he is in talk, or wasn't talking at the time, to come back as a cameo, as a teacher or something in this one. So they're kind of like softeningly bringing him back into Hollywood, because he's no longer doing the adult oriented stuff for years now. And um because of that, and he also he wanted to get back into like acting normally again. Uh, so they, he might have a little cameo scene or something in that, in the remake. If that ever gets done now with the, you know, Corona, we don't know if Hollywood is, is ever going to do movies again. Uh, but if they do, that's something that was being planned a year and a half ago. And uh, I hope it does get done, because I'd love to see them do that again right. Because I'm a huge fan of the original Fright Night movie. And even the Fright Night 2, the original one from the 80s and 90s, that was a really good movie. Like Part 2 was almost as good as the first one.
4: I won't go that far, but it definitely was a decent sequel.
0: But well, it almost as good. I didn't say it was as good or better. I think it was almost as good as the first one. That first one was epic. I mean, I loved everything in that the first best. one. Yeah,
4: kind of goofy, kind of almost spoof, but not horror film. Yet. Like, yeah, like you can't go wrong with the original Fright Night. And it uh, Roddy up. McDowell as Peter Vincent was just so on fire, man. He was so good in that.
0: And it stands up. You can watch that movie today, and it's still a good movie.
2: Actually, I watched it again about three months ago. It's funny that you guys bring up that movie. Uh, I it's it's kind of hokey when you think about you know the effects and everything. But yeah, it still yeah. stands. But it, it could use a a real remake.
0: Correct, you're which is so what we're going to do. cool,
2: anew. Brewster. <laughs>
0: Imagine if he plays a teacher and they kill him, and he ends up saying that again in the movie. Just for the heck of it.
4: Charlie Brewster tries to save him, but, like, the monster still gets him. But, like, yeah, dying, he thinks he's saved. And just like, you're so
0: cool, Brewster. Yeah. That would be I great. would love to see that. Even if he's older now and he's past his uh, adult film uh, you know, repertoire. Uh, we played, uh, you know, a lot of uh, really out-there uh, roles. Let's just leave it at that. Um, but, uh, you know, that character was, you know, perfect for him. And in in that movie, it was a timeless movie. It's one of those, you know, classics that you hate to see them retouched, but at the same time the story was so cool and, and done so well once that with today's effects you're almost like, man, they could just get the same story, tempo, and tone and give today's effects. This could be a masterpiece of like a
3: horror no, just, comedy. I just don't
4: know what. I just don't know I what they'll it. do with Peter Vincent this time because last time it kind of made sense because like you had those TV magicians like Chris Angel. There's nothing really like that, so I don't. Well, know what they used really.
0: David Tennant for the remake at one point. Didn't he play the uh Peter yeah, Vincent? Yeah, played- yeah, he yeah. played
4: the Peter Vincent character, but that was the thing. Like, instead of being like an old timey vampire hunter from like a Hammer film, he was a, a TV magician who right. kind of acted like he was satanic and knew about vampires and stuff. So that's why he went to him. We don't really have anything as spooky on TV or in film that I could really see like being the modern equivalent to like oh, a Peter. Oh, we kind of like
0: do that. now. We we do. You haven't seen it though. The the, the show with uh, Robert England is kind of like that. Where he's kind of like in a very mysterious tone, introducing documentaries of really spooky cases of horror and and things that have happened in real life, and and it's like a documentary style type of thing, and it's very like dark and and like horror oriented. So you they,
4: they could get um they, they get Freddy Krueger to play Peter Vincent? I'd watch that then. That'd be, be
0: awesome. Are you kidding me? And he's old. Why not? Peter I mean, Vincent was older than the original.
4: Yeah, no. Think about Roddy that. Rowdy was pretty ancient, yeah, so... Yeah.
0: Think about that. That would be great for Robert England. I mean, we all love him as Freddy. He is our Freddy Krueger. Nobody can replace that. So just think about that. If you can bring Robert England to play Peter Vincent in, in a modern retake of the Man uh, movies and give it a good young cast, you know, to play the, uh, the younger characters... And bring in a uh, Stephen Jeffries to play a teacher or something like that—that's gold. I would, I would line up like Star Wars to t- get tickets for that.
4: I'd definitely be interested to see the trailer before I make my kind of opinion on whether I'd want to see it or not. But yeah, like, wouldn't be something I'd be opposed to on a uh, anti level, you know?
0: You know what any- I'm saying? I mean, even the most skeptical, you know, fan of the genre. I think it would be interested in watching that. Because, I mean, again, you're bringing in legends from the 80s to kind of give us a modern take of a, a classic film from the 80s, which I consider that to be a classic 80s horror uh, movie. um' cool, even it did yeah. it that spoof. You know, it, to me, it's uh, a movie that, again, when I'm 50, 60, I'm still going to want to see it. And, you know, it's just one of those movies that it's always going to stand that test of time unlike a lot of the movies that came out in the 80s. I mean, Hellraiser is yeah, one. Basically,
1: every movie, any movie that came out in 1985, pretty much, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was, that, yeah. was that the
4: year that House 2, the second story, came out in? Because that, that's the only other one that kind of stands up right next to Fright Night was being kind of spoofy, almost, yeah, almost a spoof. But it's just so, it, it's also just really steeped in good horror at the same time that I just really enjoy from the 80s, like, that's another one I'd like to see is somebody, like, actually take on the house, like, doing House, two, house 1 and House 2 again. But, um, you know, try to keep it as fun as those first ones were, but, like, put a new paint job on it. I, I would be interested in seeing that done as Johnny, well. Johnny,
0: I'm going to write you a love letter this week because you just hit me in the heart. Uh, I love the house movies, one and two. With William Kat the original one, I loved that movie. And the sequel was awesome. With yeah, the old the Western guys, yeah, uh, the old
4: cowboy zombie and dude, and Slim Reeder and the, the the caterpillar dog and the Incas uh. and all the weird stuff in it. It was just was just such a insane but wonderful just film. I mean, the you know how to touch my inner like soul of again. horror.
3: You know well, how to can touch can I throw
2: you guys uh, a curveball
4: here and and they'll
2: sort of tie everything thing back in together?
0: Go ahead, good.
2: Uh now my favorite movie. And I was actually made fun of for this, and you guys are probably gonna make fun of me for this. I don't know, you nerds like me. <laughs> uh, Guilty. Man of Steel. Shaq. Remember Shaquille O'Neal's Man of Steel? Oh, oh just no, no that was just called Steel. steel yeah, know, you scared me steel. for Man a second.
0: Steel. I was about to say I was like, Man yeah, of Steel. It was a
2: Man of Steel character, but yeah. Yeah. Steel. Yeah, yeah. That it could be updated. I mean, you had the. Uh, you know, Iron Man and all that stuff today so you can really update the technology with the suit and his capabilities you know they didn't really capture what he was capable of doing in that movie at all.
0: Well because that was Steel but it really wasn't Steel because you didn't really get to see Superman die and then you see Steel come in and try to take the place of the character well right. um, it was, it was kinda just told in a very like, kinda like thrown together kinda way. Because you have big Shaquille O'Neal and he's willing to do something because he, he loves Superman. Uh, and that's why that failed. While it was a great concept, it failed because it just kinda like felt rushed and like mismatched. Or mismanaged. It was a fun
4: movie still though. I, it was I a fun movie, it, but I it was just mismanaged. Movies.
0: I agree, though that would be great to bring that character yeah. back in. But you'd have to really start off like, why is he there? And I think one thing that actually would have been great if Zack Snyder would have done this is introduced his character, and uh, and stuff like that. When you had Superman dead after uh, Batman v Superman, right. and instead of Justice League bringing him back the way they did, have you know the other Superman? Well, the archetypes. Justice League
1: wasn't supposed to bring him back the way they did. That's an, another yeah, thing.
4: Were that you're, they going to have the four supermen though? Were they going to like Superboy, the cyborg yeah. guy, the dude with the glasses, that would have been and... oh, right would yeah. yeah, right
1: great. You're going to <laughs> get a lot of di- you're going to get a lot of different things, and it's going to be a lot better than what you saw. But he was not supposed to be resurrected like that. I can guarantee you that.
0: No, that's fine and dandy. But like we're saying like, that storyline from the comic. I mean, that was epic. I okay, would love well, to see again,
1: that. if you're interested in the Steel character, V. I highly recommend checking out the new, uh, Rise death, of the Superman. Uh, death, the Death of Superman. Well, it, there's a full, full length movie that put together both, you know, both parts. Yep. Uh, basically it's just called The Death and Return of Superman. You should watch that. It's an animated movie, but the Steel character has a, has a really good role in it. it it's, it's yep. really faithful to the comics uh, of that particular storyline. It's fantastic.
3: Sweet. Okay. It's uh, my favorite
4: of the yeah. four
2: Supermen. He was really... Yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, I, can you? Well, be sure to link me or write a note or something to me, cause I gotta be able to find that.
4: Oh, it's I'll show you the...
0: how to watch it. Yeah, it's easy to watch. I'll get, yeah, it's I one of the comment.
4: DC animated films. Uh, it just came out um, late last the... year, right, Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of time.
1: Yeah, the time. Yeah, the double. Yeah, the double. Uh, yeah, the double bill with both both movies converted into one uh, came out at the end of last year.
0: And I, I agree, that's a great character. And, uh, you know, the Eradicator, Superman, the Superboy. I mean, they were really, yeah, all really great. fun characters for, for the, when they came out in the comic and even, you know, later on. And again, if they're gonna redo stuff or they're gonna do, introduce stuff like the death of Superman, call all out Zack Snyder. You know, they'll just, you know, give me a, a version that has something to do with the comic. You know what? You really wanna do that? Bring in all these characters. I would love to have seen that. In fact, I would be applauding uh, more of the Snyder Cut if that was included in the Snyder Cut. Well, but well, we're, well, we're you also getting his have to take. take into consideration.
1: You also have to take into consideration, though, that you're dealing with a studio that controls and micromanages and doesn't care about the characters. That's, That's what's the about. problem.
4: Yeah, That's from what's what I been the problem. with the original yeah. Steel movie with Shaquille O'Neal, they made him take everything involving Superman... Out of out. that film. Yeah. They actually wanted to tie it to Superman and stuff, but they took yep. everything that had to do with Superman out of the movie because they were worried about, I don't know why they were worried about tying it to yeah. it. I don't Wasn't that a Warner Brothers release?
0: Yeah. That was Warner Brothers that released that movie, right? Yeah,
4: of course. Uh-huh.
0: So yes, what was sir. the problem? They owe the rights to Superman. What's the problem?
4: I don't know. They just wanted anything Superman related took taken away from the character, which I thought Yep. Was dumb because it would have probably helped sell it a lot, at least a little better. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yep, it, it was like
4: back in
0: the day they were, they were scared of like the shared universe. Now everybody wants to do that. Like they would have been pioneers. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah,
4: well, so, even if yeah. they just made him, even if they just made him a character, while Superman was still alive and he was inspired by him. Yeah, like, I don't understand why like they they needed to take that out of it. It just. I, that was one of the things that always confused me about that film. It's like you, you once again, like they crippled their own project for no yeah. apparent reason.
1: Yep, that's what they do. Warner Brothers is notorious for that shit.
4: Yeah,
0: and again, it's messed up, is is messed up because you have, <laughs> have the perfect actor and you for that was, role.
1: Yep. sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. And,
2: <laughs> well, he even had a CD come out. Uh, respect. I bought that CD when it came out. Had a. Black Superman on it.
4: <laughs>
0: Somebody just laid just, uh, out himself as a big uh, Shaq fan on the show. Oh,
4: Everybody was <laughs> a Shaq fan back then.
0: Oh, I did. Oh, I, I remember Fushnickens, man. I know oh, about Shaq. Yeah. <laughs> Stand and deliver. You know how many times I played the Shaquille O'Neal game on my Sega Genesis? Are you kidding me? I mastered you know, that
4: game. You know what, Jackal? Bill is my father because my biological never bothered. There you go. Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> no, i I'm, yeah. I'm a Shaq Fu fan, uh, and you know I go back uh, like babies and pacifiers with Shaquille O'Neal, straight up. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I don't think he's gonna be playing Steel again. Uh, but I would love to see you know them remake
4: Michael That's Clark a Superman. as Shield as Steel.
0: That's, uh,
2: if they could bring it back from
0: the dead. Yeah, rest in peace. Oh, no,
4: no, my, my, I meant Terry Crews. I meant Terry Crews, the other Michael Clark Duncan. Too old. <laughs> but he might work.
0: But it, if he was maybe 10, 15 years younger, um, I don't know who they would use now. I mean, I would go back to the NBA and get somebody like Zion, the new uh, the yeah, young kid.
4: That's the problem with a lot of the basketball players. Like you, you see their promos and stuff, and like they're so self-confident. But then when you get them behind the camera, they're like, Hi, I am John. I'm here for the date. When you see me, it's like yeah. Same thing with rappers. Like when I watched Belly, I'm like, how can Nas act this terribly? He's so egotistical on his records. It's like, <laughs> like you figured, like he would be able to play a gangster no problem on film. Yeah, or, yeah. Batman, so like, a rapper for some reason. That's what
0: made out. Tupac such a great, you know, entertainer because he could rap and he could act, and he was great in both. In fact, that I remember watching Siskel and Ebert back in the day. When they reviewed Juice and, you know, Tupac's movies, and they were always like, we don't know his music, but this guy's a phenomenal actor. And at one point they were like, he's going to win the several Oscars because he's just amazing as an actor. Gridlocked. They were like, even saying that what a shame that he died when that came out because you could see the brilliance in his acting in that. Uh, Gang Related, which wasn't a good movie, but he was really good in. And, uh, you know, they were even praising his performance. And, and, that, and you know, that was something a lot of rappers all wanted to become actors after Tupac did it. And, uh, you know, Nas was never a good actor. He was never really uh, somebody who should have gotten into acting. But they were like, well, Tupac's dead. Who can we get now? Well, Nas is a really uh, famous rapper. Let's get him. And he did Belly. And then DMX tried to do acting. I'm sorry, but, you know, when you hear DMX, the way he raps is the way he talks. And yes. It might work in one movie, but it, when you do it in multiple movies, he's just playing the same dude over and over again
2: because you can't escape that. exactly. The
4: only thing I ever saw him in was that Jet Li movie he did. That Romeo Lord, Must or, Die. Romeo yeah. Must Die, yeah. That's the only One of my thing favorite ever.
2: movies.
0: <laughs> and after that, they, they saw him with Steven Seagal, and it was like, okay, it's the same guy doing a different name, but same character. I mean, when you see him, man, he's like, yeah, no, yeah, this is DMX. Like, that's how he sounds in real life.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, I said like what? Yeah, because yeah, like... he's, he's another one of my favorite rappers that like I really wanted to enjoy him as an actor, but like, yeah, he didn't deliver. Like the only one that I I think that really just I have a good time with every time I see him is Ice Cube. Ice Cube, yeah, Ice Cube, of course.
0: Which is funny, he, he became famous for singing, what, uh, F the Police, and then now he, he plays it. a cop in every other movie, which is kind of hysterical in itself.
2: And don't forget Ice-T, does the same thing. Oh,
4: yeah,
0: yeah same, Ice-T, yeah. Yeah, he played a
4: cop for years on um, SBU too, which is... Anybody out- named
0: Ice became a cop later on.
4: Yeah. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I'm saying? <laughs> Except so for Vanilla no. Ice, I've never seen him play a cop, thank we God. Don't,
0: we don't mention Vanilla Ice on on this network, Johnny. That's,
4: <laughs> it's, 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 just kidding,
0: go. for you Vanilla Ice fans, all two of you out there, just kidding.
4: Yeah. No, I mean, I'm pretty sure more of our people like snow more than Vanilla Ice. They like they like baked Jamaicans more than... Because I, I like snow better than Vanilla Ice, personally, because at least snow was really good at being a fake Jamaican, unlike Vanilla yeah. Ice, that wasn't good at anything.
0: <laughs> well, you know what's funny about that? And this is, it, it, it blew my mind when I actually saw this for myself. Uh, while everybody hates Vanilla Ice in public, his concerts always sell out. And I'm not talking about 50 people. I'm talking about he does 10,000, 15,000 people shows. I would go
4: see him if he played near me, just just for the novelty. What else are you going to do like, Dude, on Wednesday night but here's Vanilla the, here's the thing. in town? You go see
0: while twenty see- years passed, and you know you never heard anything you, like new after like nineteen ninety four, he was still doing shows, selling out. Oh,
4: he and does people new stuff. He he tried to do like that um, new metal stuff. He had a band like Limp Bizkit for right. a while, and then was years years later, with the Insane Clown Posse.
0: Did he really do a bunch yeah, of stuff with ICP? Yeah, That's he's cool.
4: friends with he's friends with them, so he he's done a bunch of tracks with them.
0: That's <laughs> cool.
2: I, I like so all I gotta open say them. is Howdy, of biscuit. I'm still limping with Biscuit
4: <laughs> I like that first wow. album a lot But after that like I like $3 bill But after that they tried to get too soft And I, I, I didn't dig it I'm more of like a ah! Type of guy
0: once he started like <laughs> wanting to be like the next Eminem, that's where he lost me, Fred Durst. Like after that I was like, Okay, you you're, you're He was
4: just, out uh, before Eminem. Eminem wanted to be Fred Durst. That's I know, but then I, Eminem yeah. blew
0: up and then Eminem blew up and then Fred Durst was like, Oh, okay, I'm gonna be more like Eminem and he started doing more rapping and less of what made him famous and I was like Just be you man. Well you gotta like start copying the other guy, because now he did his 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 well, thing don't. You know, like
4: it's not like he started rapping through his nose and got really annoying like Eminem sounds. he like still sound like Fred Durst. He's still like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm Fred Durst, yeah. You know, like I did it for the nookie, yeah.
2: Impressions I'm of the like, year. Thank you very much.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: The
2: nookie? That's so a funny, curse yeah. word? The nookie!
0: There you go. Well, he did so do he it, it for the take nookie. That yeah, well, you know, yeah. hey, stick it up, your, uh, and then Master P came out.
4: Uh. Oh, yeah, the guy that wrote all his raps on the toilet, gonna make you go, ah. Uh, <laughs> <na-na-na-na.
0: laughs> you know why I have to do na on right? Because you have to flush the toilet.
4: Yeah, there's no way you can't tell me that song while
0: I was pushing out a growler, man, I swear yeah, to Yeah, that was like, bye, thing down the toilet. Jingling the toilet handle.
4: <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, na, yeah, na, na, na. Yeah. Don't hear the, the jingling on the handle. Na, 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 na.
4: <laughs> Speaking of living off
0: of Tupac's back, Master P. Uh,
4: Master P is uh, as an actor too. Remember him in Gone oh. in 60 Seconds when he was chasing Nicolas Cage and Giovanni Ribisi around? Oh man. Yeah. That was terribly bad. bad.
0: Yeah. So and terrible. Then,
4: Good movie though. I love Gone in sixty seconds. One Which was
0: that, that? Actually, it's funny because that movie was kind of the inspiration for the uh, Fast and the Furious series. You know that, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's what it's what reinvigorated Hollywood's um, um, love for Ch- car movies, at least for yeah. that moment. They wanted to make yeah. the big silly ones with NOS and you know showing off the flames and having goofy stickers and bad hip hop playing during them.
0: I'm surprised they didn't do more of those uh, Ghana sixty-second movies because I mean that first one was decent. It wasn't great, but I mean it was fun.
4: Well, like there's yeah, only some You got
1: to watch the director's cut. It's even better.
4: Yeah, it, it actually is. It's one of yeah, those I know, I know. But um, I do right. It would have been weird to like them to keep having to show up and drag Nicolas Cage out of retirement. Like, what did Giovanni Ribisi mess up again? Like, are we going to uh, just kind of be making the same film over and over again? Well, no, but like they, 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 they could have
0: gone, uh, they could have gone like Fast and Furious 3 where they just kind of like did, with, you know, a similar storyline with new actors. And just, you know, do that. Look, Tokyo to well, Drift kill is up, my favorite. Off,
1: you could have killed off Nicolas Cage, Han style, and then, and then, uh, yeah, 50 movies later, when they, when they need their ratings to come back up with the films, they bring, uh, Nicolas Cage back from the dead. That's all they had. Yeah, the but I,
4: I don't think you like, um, Anybody else in the cast could have carried those films. Like Giovanni Ribisi, definitely couldn't. I Will Patton, I like him as an actor, but like like um, Nicholas Cage's second in command, I don't always see him carrying in the film. You know, they'd had to bring somebody in, and I'm not sure who that would have been. You know what I mean? Like what they you could always find an actor. Look at
0: The Rock. Now he's carrying his own brand oh, of the, no, of I the Fast and, don't and Furious. Don't bring
4: that turd into it, man. But it what? made money,
0: so it made You're money, and it's kind of
4: Dwayne Johnson. I am not.
0: No, he doesn't like doing Johnson because he, he he's just so upset that he uh you know he beat Hogan.
2: Well, <laughs> you yeah. like, oh, don't like what he's you don't know, like the smell of what he's cooking.
4: I, I I don't like that he's like the same guy in every film and like he just does the same. like, I'm gonna stick my hand up your butt and make you talk like a puppet. You some bitch, and it's just like uh you're annoying now and you're corny and. Not even a good way. Like did, I did know did you
2: not see the babysitter one where he's like wearing Oh no. oh wait, wait no that's been
0: Diesel. He, he played <laughs> the Tooth Fairy, guys. That is range. When you can get a six foot eight uh ex football player wrestler to play the tooth fairy convincingly, that's range. <laughs> I
4: I, I will defer to your logic with that one, but I'm I'm still not going to watch the film anyways, though. Just going to let you know that.
0: Look, Hogan and The Rock both played the Tooth Fairy at one point. I'm just saying.
4: I'm pretty sure. I'm not going to fight with you on that. I'm pretty sure that, you know, The Rock definitely played it better than, You know what, brother? I'm going to take that tooth and leave you a quarter because Hulkamania is running wild with the Tooth Fairy. You know I'm pretty sure Rock is a lot more comforting as a person, but I, I don't know, I just don't enjoy he, he's kind of just a bully all the time and I don't know, he, it's the same problem I have with Will Smith, they, they try to make these like jokes and they just don't end with me personally, I, I don't get their humor just those two actors for Will reason.
0: Smith lost me after uh, Enemy of the State and Men of Black 1 and 2 were good and then after that like a lot of his movies became like, what?
4: I would say like yeah after um men in black 2 and then i like yeah. suicide squad but not really him in it yeah but he wasn't he was terrible i i think a lot of other people could have played deadshot but i he was actually pretty enjoyable he had some good lines in there and i think that him and um joel Kinnerman worked well off of each other um, so i okay, but... him, he was decent in that but aside from that like i haven't really cared much for anything he's done and I think oh, what I, really he uh, well, he,
0: he was good in Ali. I'll say that, but you know what? One thing that that uh, kind of ruined uh, him uh, to me anyway is his son and his uh, his kids, because they're so annoying that I can't even. You know, like I watch him and I'm like, and yeah, I know who your kids are, and I hate their
3: guts.
4: Well, the problem with his kids are that he forced <laughs> them upon us. It would have been one. I thing know. Just try to let them build their own. Um, careers but like he was just so like no you gotta like my kids because you like me and it's like that's not how it works though we have to decide for ourselves if we think there's <laughs> and then to
0: you. they ruined something that me and zod share uh, a bond on they ruined or tried to ruin the karate kid and you just don't mess with that that's that's sacred and, you
1: know, as, as, we're, as we're seeing though as we're seeing though the karate kid has You know, has rebounded from that shit. (laughs) So we're good.
3: Because The Karate
0: Kid is so epic, even the horrors of Jalen Smith cannot completely ruin that beautiful, like, concept of a film, uh, that was conceived in the 1980s. Again, what year?
1: 1984, I believe.
0: That those two years, eighty four, eighty five, 85, actually three years, 84, 85, 86, produced some of the best, uh, you know, movies for our generation ever. And that cause Karate I Kid it, movie? Yeah,
1: cause I know that it took place, actually, yeah, I want to say maybe 85 or 86 because Karate Kid Part 2 came out in 87. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think it was 85. I'm going to look that up. But, I mean, those movies, uh, I mean, it, no, it came out in 84. It was like mid-84. Uh, but uh, still it became a huge hit it had a cult following. But to us growing up, those were our movies, you know, and when they are going to update something, there's a right way and a wrong way of doing something. Cobra Kai did it beautifully.
4: I, I mean, I, I have... I for Jackie Chan for having to be in that karate things, I know. <laughs>
1: is, the thing is, Jackie Chan was good in it, and if yeah. they would have called it- kung fu kid i don't really think i would have had any issues with it
0: and had a different so actor it, as uh, the kid and
1: I, they're doing kung fu in it all time anyway
0: that's another thing it wasn't even karate as a martial artist fanatic myself when i sit there i'm like this is not karate i took taekwondo karate for six years i know karate
3: this yeah. is Jackie kung fu Tan does
4: wing chung yeah yeah different form like karate is Japanese boxing, basically just a kind of a goofy Americanized with name kicks. for it that was yeah. picked up by the army after World War II.
0: Correct, and that's why it works more for the Karate Kid because even Mister Miyagi is from where Japan, where karate yeah. originated from, and then the Americans took it and mixed it with kickboxing and. But karate itself is more of a Japanese thing. Kung Fu comes from China. And Bruce Lee was a Kung Fu yeah. master. Okay, he did Kung Fu. And that's why he created Jet Kwon Do, uh based off of Kung Fu and the other martial arts that he incorporated into it, which included karate and all the other martial arts. I took Taekwondo karate. Uh, so my karate was completely different than Jet Kwon Do, which was what Bruce Lee did. Uh it was more Americanized karate. So there is a difference you know, between the American Karate and Japanese Karate. When you watch the Karate Kid, they invented like the crane kick. That, that wasn't a real kick, by the way. That was invented for the movie. But they took that from actual old Japanese, uh you know, meditating, uh, you know, style that they did back in Japan. So they had its roots in meditation and its roots in mythology of Japan. They incorporated into the modern movie back then, which is the Karate Kid. But again, it all had a, a base origin in Okinawa, in Japan. It was true to like the origin of what karate was before American Americanized and Well, over well to the, the problem
4: it was was, um, what I understand when Jackie Chan signed his contract. They, um, he wasn't going to work on it if it was called Karate Kid because he doesn't right. do karate, and, and they Correct. promised him up and down, and like the film was actually never supposed to be called that until it actually was came out and was called that, which I don't understand how they were well, able to get did, away with Do you want to know
1: that. something funny, Johnny? In every other part of the world, the movie is called Kung, Kung Fu. Fu Kid. Only yes. in the United States, even the title card in other countries is Kung Fu Kid. The only well, place yeah. called karate is here in the United States.
2: Because everything has to change for us. And, and I definitely concur with, with Jackal here. I mean, yes, I, I did Taekwondo myself uh, in mixed martial arts. So I, it, it, it's sort of that uh, um, is, we we got to have a certain view on these films. And a lot of times I, I romanticize, you know, Kung Fu movies, but it's just not real. But if I really want to see some action style and the stuff that's supposed to come out today that's supposed to be realistic, you know, you guess they're critique it and a lot of stuff just doesn't fly. So much effects. Like, yeah, you know, that guy had had uh, wires on him for that move. Right. And too many stunt guys. Too many stunt guys. You know, yeah. was, okay. I, I, you know I, I can't keep up with it.
3: <laughs>
0: well, I love Jackie Chan for that particular reason, even though it's Kung Fu, but he he does his own stunts. And, you know, a lot of times, most of the time, almost 99% of the time, he had no wires. Like, he was literally yeah. jumping up and down. And, like, in Rumble in the Bronx, as a senior, it was a very easy scene. He's jumping from one part of the uh, ship or from a bridge to a ship or something like that. And he broke his ankle. And and ran with a
4: fake shoe over his cast.
0: Yeah, with a broken ankle.
4: (laughs) That happened early in production, so he did most of that film with a broken foot and a fake shoe cast. Like, that dude is insanely, awesomely crazy. Like, Jackie Chan will always have my love for being just the true daredevil.
0: Don't get me wrong. I love kung fu. I love the martial arts. I love kung fu movies. I grew up on that stuff also. But I know the difference between kung fu and karate. And I know, like, and that's why the, the Karate Kid was such a, like, a, you know, a special movie because I know what they were going for and they kept it as true as possible. In fact, the guy who does the refereeing at the end in the movie, he is the, one of the main teachers, uh, of, uh, of the karate in the film because, you know, Pat Morita, Ralph Macchio, you know, j- these guys didn't know karate. They weren't martial artists. They were taught how to, like, you know, fight a certain way for the movie. It's not that like they became experts later on or anything okay, like that.
2: Okay, uh, 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 Jackal, I gotta interrupt you here just briefly. Uh, oh yeah, just saying good night to our RBN audience. Thank you guys for listening to the show. And if you want to hear more of the show, you know where to find us on PSN Radio. Have a good night, guys.
0: Rock and roll. (laughs) On the Roundtable Show. (laughs) There you go. Um, Yeah, we're almost at the uh, 1 o'clock hour here, which is uh, pretty epic.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry, guys, but I got to get going, too. I got to be up real early in the morning. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's wrap it up. I mean, this has been a fun show. Even uh, you know Zod getting upset at me. I'm sorry, Snyder Cut
4: fans. Suck it, Snyder Cut fans. You guys got your movie. Deal with it. I really hope it comes out honestly just for Zod Ryder It means so much to my friend that yes. I really hope Warner Brothers gets off their ass and puts this damn thing out just just for him. I don't care about the rest of you.
0: In fact, this is how much I care about that. I went out of my way and I put hashtag release the on the official Zod Rider banner on iTunes because I don't meant that much to my friend. I thought I'd lost him forever and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this for our friend in case we never hear from him again.
1: Well, it's, 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 it's a beautiful thing and I just, and I thank you very much, guys, and I, just, and I hope it happens.
4: <laughs> <But>. <laughs> I hope it does for you too, man. Like, honestly. And after you watch it, let me know how it is because I'm never going to see it.
1: There you go. <laughs> Alright, on, on that note, I will, uh, I will talk to you guys, I will talk to you guys later.
0: We'll talk to everybody <laughs> later. We'll be back next week guys on the uh, Roundtable Show on psn-radio.com. And, uh, if you like what you heard, come back and join us at 10pm till midnight. And then the one, of course, Simon Cass, with our good friend, uh, V from the Hardcore The Red Pill Show. And that's, again, V, drop the uh, link uh, for everybody listening.
2: Well, it's the Red Pill Hardcore Radio Show. Right. I'm I'm dyslexic. I'm sorry. (laughs) Just go to uh, republicbroadcastingnetwork.org. And you'll find all my shows there. I've got a couple shows there.
0: Johnny, you want to plug uh, what you have coming up uh, soon here also? Well,
4: I have a brand-new episode of Nerds from the Underground that just aired um, today. It's called History is Cool. We talk about the comics Gideon Falls by Jeff Lemire and The Savage Shores by Ram B. Um, Gideon um, Falls is posted as published by Image Comics, and Vault puts out Savage Shores. Very amazing comics. Me and my buddy Nalo, we go in deep. We have a good time, have a good talk. And um, I think if you're looking for good, fun, independent comics to read, you might want to check my show out and maybe check these books out. There you go.
0: Zod, uh, I know you have a big show coming up on Tuesday.
1: Yes, on Tuesday I'm going to be interviewing Victor Koo, who won the uh uh Zack Snyder's Justice League poster contest. Um and he's gonna he's gonna get to meet Zack Snyder and he won a yeah, he's actually gonna get a trip on the set when Zack Snyder gets a chance to film these additional scenes that he wants to film for the movie.
0: That's actually so, pretty cool. Wow, that's, that's a, pretty, yeah. that's that's
4: pretty cool him. for Victor Koo. Yeah,
1: that's cool no, stuff. No,
0: uh, for anybody who's a fan, I mean, even uh, I would like to meet Zack Snyder. I don't against the guy, you know, he's a, cool. a director, you know?
4: I was making a play because of the guy's name, Victor Koo. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, Victor gotcha. gotcha.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, he's a, he's a cool dude, and he's a very, very talented artist. The poster, the poster yeah. is
4: that's I'd cool. like to meet him and tell him, don't listen to the haters, man. Sucker Punch was awesome.
0: There you go. And uh, myself on Jackal's Head on Sunday uh, coming up, I have Dave Emmons on the second hour. He's going to join the show. He was on last year in October. And uh, Epic Dude, really great uh, interviewee. And uh, he's going to be on uh, the second hour at 11. The first hour, we're going to have uh, returning to the show my friend Trustee who hasn't been on for 10 years on podcast. And he's going to join me and Brandon on uh, the uh, Inside Jackal's Head. And uh, we're gonna get an update. He's o- he's over in Boston, where they've been really hit hard with the corona. So uh, he's staying indoors, and uh, I you know look forward to hearing from him. Plus, I wanted to also say that we're gonna have a return of Kaiser and uh, Kaiser's Castle uh, on the uh, show, which is gonna be awesome. He's always uh, fun to have on for a segment on there. Uh, so join me on Sunday nights at com and uh, for Inside the Jackal's Head. And, of course, I got to mention, Oscar Benjamin coming back this weekend, The Compassionate Wolf. He's going to be on on uh, Saturday morning. Sometime we're going to announce that in the next uh, day or so. And uh, quick shout-outs to our good friend, Jaffe Ryder. Interesting cast of uh, pirates on that network. But anyway, guys, that's the end. Uh, We're going to be back next week. Take care, everybody. Peace.